This is the MLW Radio Network. back can you believe it it is yet another tuesday evening my name is mike freeland you are tuned into front row material live uh i am sitting in for the guys who are still away we are uh, hoping to see them again soon but uh, we got a big show for you guys tonight hakeem zane is going to be joining us uh we're going to go over his career big big event that's going to be coming up very very soon we're going to be talking about aaw which is a great promotion run by Danny Daniels up in the Chicago area. We're going to be doing a little round the horn action with our panel. But uh, before we get to that, so let me bring in the writ, buddy. How you doing? It's good to see you. Man, Freeland, I can't believe you last week. What do you mean you, you can't had believe me, me? You had me in gorilla position backstage for a week now. I've been waiting to get on the show. Yeah, yeah. Man, so I, I got nothing to say. to me. All I can say is you you need to set yourself an alarm before we go live, okay? You fell asleep. You fell asleep before the show even started. I sent you the link to the show. And then you, you send me this diatribe text message saying how I left you out. You know what I mean? Like your little orphan Annie here. Listen, okay? You got a face only a mother could love, all right? And you also got a face for radio. So let's be honest here. But you're here this week, and that's the most important thing. Exactly, Mr. Freeland. Uh, kind of missed you last last week. Uh, you know, sweet dreams about you. But, uh, you know, so what's been going on with you for the past week? Oh, my God. I've been running around here, there, everywhere, trying to book different people, talking to different huge wrestling stars. And uh, I, I am so excited about tonight's show because the big thing when it comes to podcasts, and I want to send this message out to everybody. If you are starting a podcast or you do a podcast, the very first thing you have to do is you have to be flexible. And you have to ingratiate yourself with the talent because they are the ones who make everything go round. And I am so excited and delighted to have a chance to talk to these people and hear their stories. So I've been busy trying to uh, to book some things. And uh, tonight, we got a good one for you. Exactly. Uh, I'm kind of excited. Threw a little curveball there at the last minute, but, but you had an ace up your sleeve. Well, I got and, something uh, up my sleeve. Well, you know what they say about those Exhibition guys. Yeah, this is true. This is true. All right, guys, without any further ado, let's bring him in. Hakeem Zane is joining us on the program. Looking good there with the collar and elbow. Here we go, man. That's right. It's the, the jaw jacking Thursday night impact, and his mother called him son because he shines like, some, like one. So nice they named me twice. Thursdays, it's Rohit, but at AAW, it's Hakeem Zane. Just raising hell. Every time I uh, go to AAW, no, I give Danny Daniels a headache. But hey, you got to have guys like me in professional wrestling. You absolutely do. Look at this. Right out of the gun. Right out of the shoot, he's cutting a promo. And exactly. I, so many things I want to pick your brain about because 
I, I think as wrestling fans, I think obviously, as you know now, the curtain has been pulled way back, and and I think we know more than we should, to be honest with you. Um, I, I found out that the uh, when I went to Disney, that the 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 castle, you know, where the chick lives. I don't know. I'm not a Disney person. Is a gift shop. I thought it was a castle. That was that was that was my Madison Square Garden uh, curtain thing. That was my thing. I realized I was being played the whole time. That sucks. That's I Disney, know. though. You know, you know, smoke and mirrors everywhere you go. That's it. I'm a 40-year-old man who wears footy pajamas. But you know what? Let's get on to you and your career and everything going on with you. So before we jump into wrestling, how have you been with the craziness that has been the pandemic? How is the family doing? Um, just kind of give us a rundown of, of just day-to-day life now, now that we're starting to kind of get back into the groove of things. Well, it actually feels good because my calendar has actually filled up. There are more indie shows happening. Of course, Impact Wrestling. I've been doing that since the pandemic, going down to Nashville. Still no live shows yet, but hey, it's work. Uh, wrestling without a crowd is definitely something that's hard with, you know, your adrenaline isn't really pumping at first, but I'm used to it. I'm used to it now. And actually getting in front of a crowd, whether it's only like 25 people, 50 people, it's really refreshing because you're getting interaction. It's not what it used to be, but the fact that I get to travel again, the fact that I get on the road with good friends, the fact that I get to be in the ring, uh, I can't complain at all. Plus, in the gym every single day, I'll be going to the gym right after this. Uh, I'm staying, trying to stay in tip-top shape, and uh, it's the grind. The gears are grinding; they haven't really stopped. You know, Impact kept me going. Luckily, I was one of the very fortunate people that had a chance to continue to wrestle. And now, like I said, my May calendar is pretty much booked up, which feels really good. It's been a while since I've been on the road almost every single weekend. Sure, absolutely. And I would assume, much like anything, you know, once you're so used to being on the road and doing things, uh, I heard one wrestler once tell me, Mike, it's like being on a treadmill and you're on that nice speed, that nice speed, and then someone just unplugs the treadmill behind you and all of a sudden you stop and it, yeah. it, it's kind of a shock not only to your body but psychologically it, it kind of is damaging because talk about how the pandemic kind of gets rid of or eliminates some of that momentum that you had going it kills it uh, especially like for Karam and myself the hustle and the muscle we were starting to make our rounds and slowly but surely making a name for ourselves for ourselves and the indie scene and the pandemic just took that all away. There was nothing left after that. We had to kind of pick back up. And of course he got injured. So we have to pick back up again. Uh, but at least I get to make cover path for us until he gets back where pandemic, it was nothing. However, I did find more success on TV because of the pandemic. And I got a chance to step up huge, probably the most success I've ever had in my career you know, take that exhibition title and actually build the name Rohit for a little bit because for the longest time, that name had no value. That's why I would go by Hakeem Zane. And especially, I, I still keep the name Hakeem Zane in AAW because I was uh, had the opportunity to actually make a name for myself and, and, and express that chip on my shoulder, cut a, a pretty good promo and have a package deal. Uh, that had people guessing and that I knew once, you know, it was me, people wouldn't care. So I had to do something to really add more um, fire and so to speak. So, but no, when it came to the pandemic TV side, uh, Rohit grew, but on the Indies that just kind of fizzled. And I, all I did was try to stay in great shape 
get in better shape than I was. That way, when I had a chance to come back to the Indies, I was going to be a, a better, uh, I guess you could say, uh, a force to be reckoned with uh, than I was before. So what was it like your first time going out there with, like, no crowd whatsoever? Like, how did you go and prepare for it? You didn't know. It was brutal. I remember I took my first bump, and I was just like, oh, man, this this sucks. And I, and I took my first, like, chop and snug form, and it was like, man, this is brutal. But after a while, you get the juices going, and it's like riding a bike. And everything's normal. Everything's natural. And then, you you know, you're a performer and you're a professional. There's no crowd to be played with, but there is a, a crowd at home. There's an audience. So you find those cameras uh, and then you work on more character stuff than you would like you would uh, than you would do on an indie show. I mean, you can still work on obviously character stuff, but on indie shows, I'm picking out certain people in the crowd. There's nothing to do that. And of course, the crowd's always the sixth man. They, they get you going, especially if you're putting on a good match and they're reacting to everything. You just, you don't care at that point. Like you don't feel anything. You feel it when you get to the back, obviously, and that adrenaline cuts down. It took a while for that same type of feeling to hit with no crowd. Uh, it does. It's weird. Sometimes you'll be like, man, I think I really had a really good match. And then you watch it on TV and you're like, oh, I felt like it was really good. But you, a good worker, will have that crowd to gauge and feel how it is. And sometimes you have to wait till the response from the Internet, which can be great or it can absolutely suck, depending on, you know, who it is and what bandwagon they're jumping on at, at that minute. And uh, but sometimes people are like, you know, what, that was a good match. And, and you, the work you put in, you actually feel good about it. So uh, when you went and, uh, you know, are you the type of guy that wants to plan out the whole entire match? Or you like to go out there and just, you know, work all, uh, on the fly? Because with no crowd out there, it must be really hard to be going out there and work on the fly. It depends on what the match is and who it's with. I can go out there with a guy like Jake something and have bullet points. Uh, usually if I'm doing my heat, I will call a lot of that stuff out there. I'll say, hey, I may do this. I may do that. I don't know. Uh, depending on, especially depending on the crowd. Uh, I think when Myron and I recently worked, I had some bullet points that I wanted to hit and we had t a lot of time. So I just started calling stuff out there that we kind of touched base on in the back, but you know what I mean? I called it and he knew what I was talking about. So and it, it, he's, you know, he's a professional anyways. He's a great worker. So he could pick up what I'm saying. So sometimes like my heat, I like to call uh, the shine. Um, you know, when you're in the beginning doing stuff like that, I mean, that's kind of like, it depends on who I'm with and, and what I'm doing. If it's someone I trust, someone I've been in the ring with, or someone I know that is at that level, uh, maybe the first time I go in the ring with them, I like to call everything in the back. But after a while, it's just like, okay, I'll, we can call some stuff out there and see what happens. And then we hit our bullet points as well. You know, being the an exhibition champion is, is a big deal. Um, there are so many people who have come before and been exhibition champions. I mean, you know, names like Samoa Joe and AJ Styles and, and you aforementioned Jerry Lynn. Um, so when it comes to titles, do you look at titles as in everyone looks at things differently? Do you look at titles as a big thing or do you look at that as yet? It's just another stepping stone to get me to where I need to be. Uh, I kind of look at it as a big thing to me because if you're building a brand and people don't believe in that brand, 
you could lose if you already established like okay the rock could come back right or even maybe not someone like the rock uh someone that's already established their brand and people already know that it's a good brand and they're going to get behind it regardless he can come back and lose they could come back and lose whatever matches how many matches and people will still get behind the brand if you don't have that following yet and you're losing right off the bat uh no one cares about you you're right. not going to be making as much money uh you're not going to be in demand because there is no value to your name that's what rohit was rohit was a comedy act at first i was losing all the time and people were like well losses don't matter ah losses do matter when no one on the Indies wants to book Rohit Raju because there is no value to Rohit Raju. So that's why I had to do Hakeem Zayn. So, yeah, uh, being a champion in a big company or any company for that matter, let alone being exhibition champion, that's an honor to me. I believe it was Steve Austin said, if you want to be world heavyweight champion, you don't want to be the top guy when you're coming in here. Then why the hell are you coming in here? I'm yeah. not just a weak warrior. I want to be a top guy. Now, I know some people don't care about wins or losses, and that's cool. They just want to have a good match. I also want to have a good match, and I also want to tell a good story. However, I don't want to be the guy that loses all the time that people don't give a shit about. There's a big difference there, in my opinion. I do want to be someone that has some value to his name, and you win a few times because you have to. In this day and age, you have to, unless you have some – gif or jif that people blow up for you got some indie following that the bandwagon jumps on it doesn't matter and, and especially when you get to tv you can have that huge indie following but guess what happens if you have it, that huge indie following and then they book you like shit that following isn't as strong anymore it's not as strong until you leave and then rebuild yourself again and do what what brought you to the dance but if you're booked in that position to where you are a nobody, sooner or later, that luster loses, it goes away, and people aren't invested in your brand as much. So being a champion, in my opinion, it helps that. It helps elevate your name. It helps elevate your brand. And then it's also up to you to help elevate it by putting in heart, better work and standing out more. You know what I mean? The, the, the person should make the belt. The belt should make the person. And that was my goal when I was exhibition champion. I wanted to make the belt and I wanted to be different than everybody else because people think X division, they think flippy, flashy and all this stuff, everything that's over nowadays. I'm a very old school fan. So I was doing a lot of, I was dressing like 98, 99 rock. I was, and still am. I was my, my bread and butter is cutting the promos. I was being uh, a chicken shit heel. And to me, that was way different than what anybody else was doing in the X division for a long, long time. A lot of people didn't like it. They couldn't wait to see me lose the belt. You know what? Pissed on them. I don't care. Um, I was having fun. My whole goal was to be something different, to be very old school. And I accomplished. I, I, I pretty much I feel like I accomplished what I set out to accomplish. And not only that, I felt like I did it really well. And I elevated that name Rohit Raju to where it actually meant something compared to what it was, which was absolutely nothing. So, yeah, in short, to me, titles are very important in this day and age, at least very huge marquee uh, titles that people know about. You're very eloquently spoken, and it, it seems like you you picked up the skills and the acumen of people who are much older than what you are as far as your uh, your chronological age. Um, it seems like you are a student of the game as well, and, and that comes across very evident when speaking with you. You mentioned you talked about a brand. So do you feel in your experiences – where was even step one? Um, you have a character. 
you know, you have the physical talent, you have a great look, you can talk. What is the first step in someone who is building a brand? And how do you start to develop that and kind of walk us through what did you do to say, okay, I have to do something, I have to start creating something about myself, I'm my own company, and I need to position myself in the best possible way. So how does one build a brand? Number one is knowing who you are and being comfortable with yourself as a professional wrestler. And the best wrestlers are always the ones that are you turned up to 100. That way everything comes out organically. When I cut the promo at AAW, when I was doing the mask gimmick and I was saying no one ever cares, no one ever pays attention, that's real. I feel like I'm a very talented individual that still doesn't get his just, you know, his just due. I feel like I cut way better promos than guys that are on national worldwide TV, you know, bigger TV programs than I am. I feel like I kill a lot of those guys out there, but I still don't get that credit. People just don't care or they don't pay attention for whatever reason. That relates to the promos I cut as Hakeem Zayn. When I cut this, these promos, I remember I was, I was doing a mask gimmick and people, and they had a voice modulator on me and everyone was saying, Oh, these promos are so good. It has to be Austin Aries. It has to be killer cross. It has to be uh, Eli, Eli Drake. It has to be all these top indie names. No one ever said anything about me. And I remember when they said, well, this is how we want you to reveal the mask. I said, I should just go out there and get heat on one of your top baby faces because when I reveal who it is under that mask, they're going to be disappointed. They're not going to care because they don't care. They don't know who I am. And right. if they do know who I am, they don't give a shit. So as soon as I did, they were upset. But the promo that followed that, I pretty much ripped into everybody. And it was real anger. It was real frustration. It was real. And uh, so I took that instead of me being a jerk in real life, I took all that anger, frustration, and I put it in that character of Hakeem Zayn. So that I knew who that character of Hakeem Zayn was. He was, he is a very disgruntled, bitter, really good professional wrestler that feels like he just does not get the credit that he deserves. And he still doesn't. So he keeps that rock on his shoulder and he carries it everywhere he goes and he's more bitter and more intense and he always has something to prove. Rohit was kind of the same way. Except they didn't want Rohit to be angry and bitter. They wanted Rohit to be very sneaky and conniving. So I had to still do something. But now, as when I won the X Division champion, it was like that snotty kid that got what he wanted. And now he's running around showing everybody, I told you so, I told you so, I told you so. And now he shoves it in everybody's face. So I knew, I never thought I'd get the X Division title. Never thought I would. I never thought the company was going to do anything with me. And I was so happy to see that my hard work paid off. I didn't bitch and moan about anything. I showed up. I did my work. And I tried to do it better than everybody else. And it actually paid off. Uh, and that's something I, I will always be grateful for, you know, to impact wrestling. Um, and same thing with AEW. Something I will always be grateful for is that they gave me that chance. I had always wanted to have that chance and that opportunity to, if I, if I did get the ball, I needed to run with it. So I always had a plan. And so now I always have a plan like, well, what's the next step up for Hakeem Zayn? What's the next step up for Rohit Raju? Um, what do I have to do next to uh, evolve my character? So I'm always thinking. So you always have to be, number one, comfortable in your shoes. And you have to be different from everybody else. Right now, professional wrestling to me is so niche. Like, you can like what you like. and, and But I see, and I don't mean this in a disrespectful way, but people do not get held accountable for what they do in a sense, whereas I see these younger wrestlers go out there and they mimic something that maybe Will Ospreay did 
or even old school ricochet or something of that nature. There's a reason why Will Ospreay and Ricochet are here. Right. I see guys do these same sequences and they go through the motions and stuff is very slow. And it just, to me, it could look a lot better. However, the fans nowadays, they applaud it because they're preconditioned to real. Oh, they're doing stuff that we should applaud, even if it's not that good. Right. And then if you disagree with it, then you get eaten up alive on Twitter because, oh, you're doing this, you're doing that. No, it's an opinion. People have that. And if someone doesn't like it, they don't like it. Uh, to me, all you have to do is look at Rock Hogan. Those, these are two people that established their brand. These are two people who knew who they were, and they were comfortable with who they were. And if you look at Rock's first promo as The Rock to his Hollywood Rock, it's here. Mm -hmm. It's because he grew in his shoes. And once they were established people and they were already at the top of their game, they didn't have to do shit for two minutes except look at each other because the crowd was already hot. To me, that is professional wrestling. You do what you got to do to get there, but then once you get here, you don't have to do anything. Then you can just tell the story because you already know who you were. You already developed your brand. You're comfortable with who you are. You believe in who you are, so therefore everyone else believes in who you are. And then you're different from everybody else. You're not doing the same stuff that everybody else is doing. And that's, you know, and I try to be different. And it, a lot of times it doesn't even get over. Uh, I, I feel like I'm way different than anybody else in professional wrestling. I'm very old school, but I do it with a new school twist, I guess you could say. Some people, they get it. They care about it. They realize it. Some people don't care at all. And some people just don't pay attention to it. I'm still going to do it because in my eyes, uh, I feel like I'm bringing something different to the table and I'm going to continue to knock on that door and pound on it until people get it and realize like, oh, this guy's different. He's a star. And uh, that, that's my advice as far as don't fall into the cliches. Don't fall into the niche. Uh, do something that gets you over, but then be different. Dan Housen's a perfect example of that, in my opinion. It's interesting when you mentioned the comment about, you know, using the rock as an example, because I think it's a perfect example because with the die Rocky die and the whole Rocky Maya via all of that stuff, people were shitting on and yes. it, it, the perfect example that you laid out. What did he need to do? He took that anger and frustration of you don't love me. You're not accepting me. I'm doing everything I can to, uh, to please you to make you want me. And I think from there, was the the burning embers, if we want to even refer to it as that, of what The Rock became. And I think that is exactly what, what yours is, is, damn it, I've done everything to make you love me. Now, guess what? Now you're going to get what it really is. And right. I think that when you said it's, it's your own personality, but definitely enhanced, um, I think it's the truest thing because – what works is organic. What works is natural. Uh, you can't have things that are contrived because fans, like anything, they will sniff it out and they'll realize that this is hokey, that someone's being told to be this way. But people right. can see things in your eyes. And I just think that was a great example that, that you use right there. There's a fire and a realism when people are, organ are organic. I recently watched the Austin 316 uh, Steve Austin's biography. And I've always said this, like Austin 316 was organic and it blew up. It created a whole, it helped create a whole different era or push a whole different era of wrestling that transcended professional wrestling that drew in people that just weren't professional wrestling fans. We don't have that anymore. There's nobody out there in my eyes that transcends professional wrestling that brings in 
we all have every promotion has their niche crowd of who they like and who they, you know what I mean? They like this type of style. There's nobody out there, in my opinion, that combines the best of both worlds and is broadcasting out there in a different galaxy because it, it just doesn't happen. I mean, um, I don't know why that is. Uh, I have no clue, but that's what I strive to be. You know what I mean? That's what I strive to try and do. But to me, it's like, it's like you, you, I don't know. It's just natural. Like you're saying it's organic and a lot of that's missing. And a lot of it is, I think it's the way people get away with stuff and they see that they get away with it. So they continue to do it. But it's to me, a lot of the times it's all the same. Nobody stands out. Maybe a few people do here and there because they do it really well, which is awesome. And I love to see everybody eating. I don't want to come across like I'm sounding bitter or trying to shit on anybody. But I do feel like professional wrestling could be a lot better. But I think everyone needs to take a look in the mirror and step their game up. Fans as well. You know what I mean? Stop being so bitter about everything and just everyone's in a box like if you don't like this then you're you're an idiot or if you like this you're yep. an idiot or if you speak out against this like it's the i hate going on twitter the only reason i have twitter is to promote my professional wrestling but half the time i read it people are complaining about something but like if people could be a little bit better and help the industry grow the performers and in the fans and the product and you don't settle for subpar i think we could get even a bigger state of professional wrestling than what we have it now but I don't know. I, with the way things are, I don't know if that'll happen anytime soon. That's just my opinion. I could be totally wrong. Uh, Let you, me. You, uh, you mentioned, oh, sorry. I'll continue, Rit. Uh, you, you mentioned earlier about storytelling, uh, and that's you know something that you love in matches. Do you think that that's like missing nowadays? Uh, and you know, just storylines themselves and story uh, telling stories and matches that you know back when I was younger. That's what hooked me, you know, watching the matches, just let everything unravel and everything happens for a reason. I do. In a sense, I, I feel like it's us as a society where our attention spans are short. Yep. So we like fireworks, bang, 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 loud noises, bang, 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 bang. So we were attracted to, we're not attracted to a slow build. Like people will watch a TV show nowadays like, oh, my God, this is going so slow. It's because they're building towards something. It's like nowadays if The Godfather came out, I don't think a lot of people would appreciate it. You know, at least the majority of, I guess, the population of young, maybe younger people because it's a slow build, especially Godfather 2. You know what I mean? But it's a great story. It's a great movie. It's a great series. But I don't think people would appreciate it as much because it's not bang, 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 bang. Marvel movies are bang, 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 which I do enjoy, but I do feel like they, they tell, I mean, they told a story over 10 years, but it was filled with a lot of stuff. Even some of the best Marvel movies, people will be like, oh, it's too slow. I think a lot of times people just want to see the high spots or they just want to see um, if a certain guy is over with chain wrestling, they'll sit there and watch the chain wrestling or if people they like are doing chain wrestling, whether it's good or bad, they'll still pop for it because it's people they like. Uh, it's very, it's like I said, it's a very bandwagon popularity contest, worse than it's ever been. Um, I do feel like storytelling is missing in a sense. Uh, I do think that some people will tell a really good story and it won't get noticed because the fans aren't paying attention to them for whatever reason. And I do feel like, 
to me, the next evolution of storytelling is like an athletic storytelling, like Okada versus Omega. You knew that there was history between those two. And the his, you knew the history. If you watched the product, you knew the history between those two. But they went out there in you know, their matches, and Kenley finally gets over, and, he, and Kenny finally wins. And um, hold on, i got to kill my dog real quick. I apologize. <laughs> but uh, Kenny finally wins. But the story they told was tremendous. Um, I feel like other promotions also tell stories. Uh, I think Sammy Callahan is really great at telling stories. Uh, I felt like I put myself over TJ and I told a great story, but sometimes I don't think it gets either people just don't pay attention to it because they don't pay attention to the product or they just don't care to because we're not, you know what I mean? over to them or they just don't care about it. So it's a mixed bag. I think it does exist. I don't think the spotlight gets shown on it as much as it should. So when it comes to storytelling and, and the building of whatnot, how much of that do you have involved uh, with that, uh, with Impact or even with AEW? Do, you, do they ask you, hey, how would you like to see this go? Or do you have some level of input like, hey, let's not rush this. Let's slow this down. Or, hey, I really feel like we probably need to pick this up. How much, how many fingers do you have in the pie when it comes to something like that? Uh, a decent amount, I would say. Both companies are open to suggestions. There is something brewing right now with Impact with myself and Jake something that um, I asked for because I knew that we were just kind of we were bouncing around. We weren't the focal point, you know, the whole AEW thing. Impact AEW thing is the focal point. So we kind of, we're, we're not really, um, I guess you could say, they're not worried about us. So I'm like, well, hell, we're just bouncing around. We have history, deep history. Is there any way we could do something? We could do a program. And they said, yeah. So now we're building a program. Not only are we building a program, it's outside of Impact, as in we're not just talking about Cousin Jake and Rohit Raju. They're actually letting us peel the wall back a little bit and, and talk about how we've known each other before professional wrestling which is really cool so there's story there there's history there that I, I hope people pay attention to because we already have great chemistry in the ring we tell a good story in the ring together and now that we're actually applying it to national tv and with our input makes me feel really good uh again going back to when i took off the mask at aaw the way they wanted me to do it compared to the way i thought would be better they actually listened to me and we went with it that way and to my eyes i hit a home run that was really cool because they listened. So, yes, I do have input there. Now, not always, not every promotion is going to go with what I suggest. And a lot of times I'm always open to suggestions because I don't want to be thinking – I don't want to have tunnel vision. So if someone has a better idea, a better verbiage uh, of, or something of that nature, I'm always up for listening to it because I just want whatever I'm involved in to be at its best. And I'm, I'm a workhorse. I'm a perfectionist. So if I'm doing something, I want it to be great. I don't want there to, I don't want to go backstage afterwards or watch something, a promo and, and I'll do it anyways, just cause how I am. But I, I don't want to be like, ah, oh, I should have said this, or man, why did I do that? I should have done it this way. Or no, no, you know, I should have listened to so-and-so and we should have done it like that. I'm my own worst enemy and my worst critic when it comes to that stuff. But no, um, they give me a lot of time as far as listening to me and, and stuff like that, which I love that creative freedom, having that creative freedom, really puts you in a comfort zone, a good one, and it makes you comfortable to work in your environment, which helps me um, perform even better. So uh, that's something that I enjoy at, at both companies. 
Let's talk about AAW for a second because, you know, from the people I've talked to and not just the relationship I have with, with Trent and with Danny, who will bend over backwards to be accommodating and to help and to legitimately care. And I think that's so refreshing to see people, especially in this industry. Um, what's it like? You know, we hear that there's a lot of different promotion out there, you know, Black Label Pro and um, PWG, but there's something very special about AAW. So tell me what that was like when you first uh, started working with them and what's that experience like with the talent and with the management? Man, that was the place to be. If you look at AAW's history, a who's who of individuals would show up there. Uh, I remember Ring of Honor guys were going there constantly. And I remember it was really, really hard to get on. And I knew Danny knew my work. And, you know, Danny, he's very busy. So sometimes he'll get back to you. Sometimes he won't. He will eventually. He's like me. Like, you'll text me and I might not text you until like five days later. It's a lot of times it's because either A, I was busy when you text me and I forgot, or B, I just couldn't get to you at that time. I do want to respond to you. But Danny was like that, and he's very old school, which I appreciate. When I first got my break into AEW, I remember it was a match. I think it was my first match. I think it was MJF, AC Romero, Paco, and I think it was me. And we got there a little late, and I remember they had already called the match, and I was like, ah, they weren't really giving me anything. And it was a really big deal to me, and I went out there and I did some stuff, and I was like, ah, I kind of didn't like the way that ended up. You know what I mean? I was kind of a little bit salty about it, but I got other opportunities. And I put on a good match with uh, DJZ and then uh, Chuck Taylor. I put on a good match with him, but the crowd just wasn't biting. And I remember Danny pulled me aside. He goes, you look great. Uh, you, you, your, your work is great, but the crowd's not getting into you. What do I have to do to get you more over? And I said, give me a microphone. And he goes, that's funny because other people said the same thing. And that's when we went back to the drawing table. I had some impact taping, so I missed a few shows. And then we built this thing where I did the mask thing. And I will, I, the, the feeling of going into Logan Square and that crowd, they're just so passionate. Um, you know you're at the you have to wrestle at the top of your game because everyone on the card is gonna wrestle at the top of their game. Look at this this weekend's pay-per-view. You have ACH, you have Yehai, you have Mansur, you have Laredo Kid, you have Leo Leo Rush, you have a who's who of individuals that are extremely talented. And then you have the usual suspects like myself, Jake Something, the besties, you know what I mean? And then one thing I love about AEW, where you have a lot of other shows in the area use the same talent which is cool. I love the fact that AEW tries to use different people. And Danny gives guys, he gives people opportunities. He gives new guys a chance to cut their teeth. And to me, AEW is a very high caliber place to work. And I will forever be grateful for them allowing me to do my thing and giving me a shot because it's helped me. And not only has it helped my work being in the ring with such great individuals, but it's also helped my confidence being in the ring with such great individuals and performing and doing really well. So I'll always uh, feel very appreciative to Danny and especially Trent. I mean, those guys gave me a bone, gave me a bone. They let, they gave me the ball, let me run with it. And I felt like I did run with it and I continue to run with it. And I have a blast working there. And I, my goal is to, you know, Hakeem Zayn wants to tear down the company, but me, I want to boost it up and, put it back, you know, up at the top where it belongs, in my opinion. 
Really quick here before I, I throw it to you, Rit, I do want to let everybody know, and we're going to mention this throughout the program tonight, and we're going to promote this on social media. AAW has a May 7th show that is ridiculously good. It is a stacked lineup. It is Take No Prisoners. Um, it is going to be happening on May 7th, 7.30 p.m. If you are in the area, I definitely highly recommend you should get tickets. They are going fast from what I've been told, so hurry up. Don't be one of those people who says, oh, yeah, I want to go. And then it's sold out. Get your tickets. 115 Bourbon Street. So that's 3359 West 115th Street, Marionette Park, Illinois. Um, it's going to be incredible. So to talk about the guys that are going to be on that show, because like you said before, you just named a couple of people, but it is going to be a hell of a show. It's going to be something that fans are going to be uh, so thankful for, because I know people have been jonesing for a huge show since the pandemic. Leo Rush, he's been everywhere. You know what I mean? He, he's so talented. You watch that guy perform, and you can't help but be in awe. ACH, in my, in my opinion, is probably one of the best professional wrestlers right now. Uh, again, a guy that's been everywhere. And when you see him in the ring, he just makes everything look so effortless. Uh, tremendous worker. Like I said, I think he's one of the best guys. Two of the hardest hitters that I've ever been in the ring with, Fred Yehi and Manser. Manser, he catches you with those punches, and Fred catches you with those chops. Absolutely brutal. But they're the best at what they do. Uh, they're so distinct, and they're so different, and I'm very curious to see how this is going to match up and how their styles are going to match up because it's two different styles. They're both brutes, but where Mance is like, you know, the old-school slobber knocker brute, and you have Fred Yehi, who's not like anybody else, and I love that about him. So I'm curious to see what will happen there. My match with Dante Leon just got announced. Dante is a, a newer guy, making some really uh, good waves. New school guy, new school cat, uh, very flippy. Uh, I'm a firm believer of what's the quickest way to A to B, and that's a straight line. So I'm just going to beeline across the room and kick him right in his grill. That's what I do. I mean, <laughs> I know that's not what the cool kids do nowadays, but I'm not a kid. I'm a grown-ass man, and that's how I handle my business, and Dante's going to find that out on the seventh. But uh, the whole card is stacked. And then you have the besties. You have a match that I'm uh, paying attention to. You got Myron, who tremendous athlete, tremendous professional wrestler, got lucky. Okay, I won't say he got lucky. It was his day, took the heritage title off me, and he's going against Matt Fitchett. So that would be great. Of course, ACH versus um, Davey Vega. Those two know each other real well, so that's going to be awesome. So I can't wait, man. It's, it's a stat card. I hope, I hope people show up. And um, I hope people tune in because it's going to be tremendous. It's going to be what we haven't been seeing in professional wrestling quite some time. I think it's going to be special. Damn, and that is how you sell a pay-per-view show. <laughs> Take notes, everyone. Just being honest. Just being honest. Hey, hey, I wish we could get more honesty in the business. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> you, you sit there, and uh, when you first got into the business – you know, who were some of the guys that, you know, kind of took you under the under the wing that the kind of like, hey, uh, you know, th this is how, how we do things, you know, and, and kind of helped you along the way. There was a lot of guys from the Michigan era. These guys called the Scarbonis trained by Truth Martini, who I absolutely love. I talk to them every day still. Very old school tag team, very charismatic, knew how to work. They took me under their wing. Uh, we partied together. We'd, we'd hang out, but they would tell me what's what. I started off refing. I started off refing one of their matches. So that was cool. I would go down to the House of Truth and train 
under uh, truth here and there. I started off with a guy named Xavier Justice up in Flint, Michigan, but I was already trained uh, after I trained with him. So truth would say, hey, you're already trained, so come out and you can learn some stuff here and there. Um, there was guys like Keith Cream. Uh, these guys all knew Danny, you know, and they would always tell me about how great AEW is and how hard it was to get on that show. And then, of course, I would just have our usual crew that we would roll with. Uh, Jake something. Obviously, him and I have been on the road together for since day one, and we're still on the road together. So that's really cool. Um, and there's a few other guys, too. You know, there's, there's a good chunk of Nate Matson, uh, a, a good crew of just Michigan guys that I would look up to and cut my teeth with uh, TD, Tidarius Thomas. He used to wrestle for Ring of Honor. Actually used to team up with ACH a few years ago. Um, he was someone that I would tag up with. And um, he, he was a little bit ahead of me. And, of course, he had that limelight with Ring of Honor before I had anything. So he would help me out with stuff, too, and just trying to tell me how certain things worked when I would show up to Ring of Honor trying to, trying to get some work. A lot of guys at Ring of Honor would always give me great advice. Delirious was one of them, one of them when I would go to – um, the camps, he would pull me aside and talk to me. Uh, Michael Elgin's another guy that would really help me out and, and show me the ropes and really give me strong critiques. Um, who else? Matt Seidel, anytime I'd be on a show with him, he would give me a lot of critiques and stuff like that. So I, I would always appreciate that stuff. And whether it was brutal, whether it was not, whether it was helpful, it was always helpful. So just listening to people like that, and, and I try to pass it on to other people as well. It's weird going into locker rooms and younger guys coming up to me saying, hey, can I send you matches? Um, will you watch my promos? Will you watch my match? And it's almost it's, – I take it as a badge of honor because the guys I would always go up to, you know, they made it. And they did something with their careers, and now people are asking me this. So I am always ready to watch somebody's match, help them out, help them surpass me, and keep wrestling – you know, for the future in really good hands. So I, I like to see that. So there's other people I'm not naming and I apologize to those people if they're watching. So, but there's a ton of other people that helped me out along the way. Well, Trent's, uh, Trent's throwing you under the bus. I think here I wants you to tell your favorite truth martini story. Um, geez, I don't know. Did we talk about one Trent? I don't, <laughs> I don't remember. Uh, a favorite truth martini story i guess to be honest one that sticks out in my head it's not funny i thought it was really cool i was doing work as much as possible for ring of honor i'd always go show up i'd, I'd help set up and they knew me from the camp so if they had a spot they would put me on and i gave moose his first singles match i remember i had just got back from a camp and it was a tag a tag camp but i didn't have a tag partner so they just teamed me up with this random big dude and I remember wrestling Moose, and they liked the way I worked with Moose. And so they're like, hey, you know what? You're here. Let's give Moose his first uh, singles match. And Moose was trying to do all this stuff to me. He's like, yeah, I'm going to hit you with this power bomb, and then I'm going to spear you, and then you do this big drop kick. I'm like, dude, you are like three feet taller than me. There's no reason you should be hitting me with any of this shit. <laughs> and, and, and I go, I'm not just a job guy. I'm actually trying to get a job here, so I'm going to be hitting you with stuff. He's like, well, no, I don't think they want that. I was like, no, they do want that. So I had to go to Martin, and Martin told him, like, hey, he's not enhancement talent. He's trying to get a job here. You got to, you know, this, you don't need to hit him. The same thing I told Moose, Martin told him, but of course it was Martin telling him. And then I, we went out there, and I thought we had a really great match. It wasn't great, but for what it was, it was really good. 
And um, so Martin going to bat for me, that was huge because he didn't have to do that, but he did. And uh, I thought that was great. And, and I always claim Martin as one of the guys that trained me. So and I, I appreciate that to this day. I got this feeling that you are kind of like a player coach. It's it just I've got that feeling already. And it, do you also feel like in some ways a lot of people – don't want to be the type of person who steps in and says, hey, I think you need to do X, Y, or Z, or hey, you might need to be aware of this. I get that feeling from you. Is that something that might have been from your background prior to wrestling? You just seem like you're very confident and maybe a coach, um, or whatever they choose to call them these days, coach, producer, whatever. Would you find yourself wanting to do something like that, working with talents? Obviously, long, long down the road, but would that be something that would interest you? Well, actually, in Bay City, Michigan, I have uh, opened up the Dragon's Lair Pro Wrestling Dojo, and I'm actually I train guys out of there. Uh, Brooklyn Brawler has some school in Bay City, and it fell through. and And Johnny Bravo was helping uh, run it. And he's like, "Hey, I know you're like 20 minutes away from the venue. If you want, we would really like it if you have the time to take over the school." So I took it over. I love helping people. I knew the feeling when vets would help me pull me aside and give me constructive criticism because the only thing I want to do is get better. And I still ask people, Hey, if I see somebody watching and Josh Alexander, for instance, uh, I always pick his brain because Josh pulls no punches. So he'll say, man, that looked like shit, but everything else is really good. And so, you know, you know what I mean? And I'll ask TJ, Hey, TJ, how'd that look? Because I still have a hell of a lot better to get. I want to be a top guy. And if I'm going to be a top guy, I got to be able to compete with Rich Swan. I got to be able to compete with Kenny Omega. I got to be able to compete with those guys. And so I have to get better. So who better than to ask my peers that are tearing it up every single week um, to help me. And guess what? I want to give the same advice to everybody else underneath me because I see some of these guys, how hard they work and what they put their bodies through and they're trying new things and they're trying to succeed and get, make a name for themselves. And if I can help them the way I was helped, hell yeah, I'm going to do it because I want everybody to eat and I want everybody to get better. And I want people that love professional wrestling to uh, feel good about themselves and feel good about what they're doing and just get better. And again, I love professional wrestling so much. I want uh, I want professional wrestling to be left in good hands when it's all said and done for me. Let me ask you this, and I know you know everybody has a different opinion on cross promotions, and it seems like nowadays it seems to be more of a of a trendy thing. Um, how do you feel about the AEW Impact? I don't want to call it a merger, but at least a working relationship, because I feel personally that there is so much more that can be expounded upon um, having so many different feuds and so many different people coming over. Uh, guys like you and Matt Seidel, I think, would be amazing. You and um, Pac would be amazing. I think uh, you and uh, Ray Phoenix would be amazing. I mean, there's so many, so many things that we think about that most people only think of more, I want to say, names that they're more familiar with. And that doesn't really make the sense sound right, but does that make sense? Like no, they think about the Kennys and, and whatnot. But I think from a, a true wrestling fan, you and Ray Phoenix would be amazing. Do, do you feel like there's any chance that people would say, hey, look, we really think that you need to be put in a program, you and Sammy Guevara, and there's so many things that can be done. Um, do you feel like the potential is there, or do you think – 
It could be, but we're still in the, the baby infancy step process with all this. I think the fact that it's two, not only is it two wrestling promotions, but we have to remember it's two corporations. It's two people that have, and I, I really feel like Impact has been very giving in this relationship as so far, but maybe they just have a toe dipped in the water and they're trying to see how things are. I would love to go over there and cut a promo on AEW's wrestlers and get those people that have no idea who I am, I, their, their eyes on me. I would love to go cut a, a promo on Santa Guevara. I would love to work with Sonny Kiss. I would love to cut a promo on Sting of all people. I, I keep putting that into the universe cause I, cause just because I love Sting. I would love to go cut a promo on Ethan Page, former Bod Squad member uh, and former Impact you know, uh, World Tag Team Champion. Uh, I would go love to work with Danny Limelight. Danny Limelight's a guy who, in my opinion, I absolutely love because he worked his way up from the bottom. And every time they put him on TV, he continues to do excellent work. You know what I mean? He just had a great match with Ray Phoenix. He had that tag match when he was uh, putting in work against Kenny Omega, guys like that. I think there's a ton of potential there, huge potential. Whether that's going to happen, I have no idea. Um, you can always have your poster boys up front and center, but – you have the worker ants that are putting in just as much work as everybody else. And sooner or later, you got to let us shine. So I would hope that anything merges or moves forward or whatever, I hope they would let us get in on the action because I know those guys over there, I can guarantee you they're chomping at the bit to do something big, to do something different. And I know we are as well. Uh, I can tell you right now that, um, Trey would love to get over there and work with somebody. Jake would love to get over there and work with somebody. You know what I mean? We all would. So I'm hoping that they would give us that opportunity and not just be like, well, these guys are our top guys, so we're just going to only have them uh, collude with each other. No, I, I think there's money to be made. And not only that, there's stars to make as well. Um, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. In my eyes, I think the Impact AEW collab is fantastic. As a kid – I loved it when NWA and AWA would do something. I mean, who doesn't want to see two promotions collide? I think that's huge. I do think there's a lot of negativity where you have those fans that are diehards of both promotions. They're like, oh, this is stupid because so-and-so did this and so-and-so did that. It's like, man, pump the brakes, ease up, open up your mind. Something cool is happening in professional wrestling let it, you know, breathe, soak it in, you know, breathe that. It's awesome. It's awesome that these two companies are working together. Then you have Juice, you know, you got Finn Juice showing up and taking the tag titles. It's like, what the hell is going on? To me, that is, that's cool stuff that opens the door for us to go over there and mess with New Japan, that opens the door for guys to come over there. And it's, it's just, it's huge. And I see too much negativity and, and people putting down all these other promotions when everybody should just be building each other up and, and appreciating the fact that we're all working together. Uh, I think it's huge. Unfortunately, not everyone sees that. But uh, to me, it's awesome. I, I think it's great. And I would love to work with any of those guys at any given moment. Man, Akeem, uh, me personally, I would love to see MJF out there and then you just come out and just cut a promo on them oh. because everybody oh. everybody in AEW knows the mic skills of MJF but yeah. then when they would hear your poetry come out of your mouth shred him and show that MJF is here and guess what you're right here right next to him man and that's that there could just stir the pot up before you guys even step foot in the ring 
That is yeah, something I'm, I would love to see. I would love to trade verbal jabs with him and Chris Jericho. I would also love to just sit under the learning tree of Chris Jericho. Uh, Gama has told me some great stories about Jericho, you know, and uh, when he was younger, him and Lance uh, up in Calgary. So I always thought that was really cool. So I would love, I, you know, I sat under Gama's learning tree. I would love to sit under Chris's as well, but also, you know, verbally dissect each other as well as MJF. I think that'd be amazing. It'd be fun. You know, there's so many things I keep thinking about here and, and you, you touched upon it. You made a great point. You know, I said this on one of our shows and I also put it on social media. It would have made more sense for Rich Swan to win the championship. And here's why. First of all, it would have got so much buzz. It would have got so many people talking and for Kenny to win another title. I'm a big Kenny Omega guy, but it would have done more for Rich. It would have done more for the company and then for people to basically say, holy crap, these guys are really, really good. We need to be paying more attention to these guys because people there. AEW is going to get their one to two million a week on the ratings or whatever. But to see another promotion and to see all the talent um, really get elevated and you only get elevated by working with better people and it just, to me, would have made way more sense. I think Rich could have absolutely sliced and diced uh, AEW, and and you guys could have just basically said, hey, you know, what are we? What are we? And just kind of gone after all of them. And I'm really hoping that still happens. Like uh, some people in the chat were saying, you versus Darby Allen. I mean, these are things that. That, that got me salivating right now because I – I hope that in some room, Don Callis or Scott Demore or Tony Khan or whomever um, are thinking long term about these things because there's so much more meat on the bone than just Kenny and the Bullet Club and whatever you want to call them. There's more. And you have to appeal to all audiences. And there's fans of yours and there's fans of Rich's and there's fans of uh, Jake something and there's fans of these other people that say, well, why not me? You know, if not now, then when? And this is the perfect opportunity. And I just think it would just be, it would be amazing. So hopefully um, they're listening to this and they're realizing that, man, so much great talent and including you as well. And uh, our fingers are definitely crossed and we're definitely behind you. Yeah. You know, you you make all that whole thing you said is is such a great point. And uh, there's so much opportunity and I hope we don't squander it, but you know, business is business. So if business doesn't work out, business doesn't work out. That's just, there's that too. But I hope uh, it, it does continue to work out for both companies and we do get to evolve it, evolve this feud a little bit more, incorporating a good chunk of uh, both talents. I think it'd be amazing. Well, Hakeem, I, I like to ask a little fun question and throw, throw a curveball at people here that come on. Hot tub time machine. I'm stepping back for this one. Oh my god! <laughs> Here Hot we go. Hot tub time machine. Get ready. You you can go back in history. Any match you want, take somebody out and insert yourself in the match. Ooh. What match would it be and why? Oh man, see, but I'd have to. That's a weird question because I'd have to go back in time and take this person out, but put myself in for the buildup. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. if we wanted to make money, I would honestly – that's a tough question. 
I really want to work with Savage, but I also want to work with The Rock. So I think I would take out, I would travel back in time before Rock, either Rock Punk or Rock Cena, probably Rock Cena, the second one. And I would insert myself into that and I would go toe to toe with the great one on the mic. And then we would have our WrestleMania match. And uh, that I think that'd be really cool. Uh, just because it's, uh, you know, The Rock. And I, I don't want to say I, I base my style off him. I base my style off a lot of people. But just being able to go back and forth on the microphone with someone like that and then go tell a story in the ring, I, that'd be a huge deal for me. But Savage Steamboat was close, but I, I don't want to take away because – I would never want to take away anything from Savage Steamboat WrestleMania three. You can't. So I would never want to see anybody else in that role. I tell you what, you are a charismatic individual. You are well spoken. You're a good looking man, and I can say that on a professional wrestling podcast because I'm a judge of character right here. You've got a look. You speak well. Um, I think you're a student of the game, and I think you've definitely done your research. And I think that's a big thing too. A lot of people, and you probably will agree with this. They think they know where they want to go, but they don't know how to get there. And I think with you, from what I've ascertained from this conversation is, you know who you are. You're comfortable with who you are, and you know exactly where you want to be. And and the groundwork is laid for you. All you have to do is put one foot in front of the other. And I think that's where maturity is a big, big thing. Do you find that a lot of wrestlers... Uh, may have all the talent in the world, but unfortunately uh, the bucket of immaturity way far exceeds um, where they should be as far as expectations um, or living in a world of reality because everybody wants to get pushed to the moon real fast. Unfortunately, they don't realize that it definitely takes time. Uh, I would say I totally agree with that. And I also think it has to do with, again, today's society and uh, some of the fans just really settling for subpar stuff. And I'm not trying to take away anybody's stuff saying people suck. I'm trying to say people, we all could be a lot better and the sport could be a lot better. I, I see a lot of people really thinking that they're up here and they listen to maybe all the followers they have because, you know, people get followers for almost anything nowadays. You could have a cool highlight reel and your matches could, you know, when you get to TV, they might not be as hot as they are on the indies because you don't have those hundred, same hundred people or 300 people or whatever behind you because it's a whole different world. I think a lot of people like to listen to, let their heads get gassed up too much and think like, yeah, I, I am the shit. When in reality, you got a lot to learn. Like I'm on TV. I still have a hell of a lot to learn. And there's guys that are above me that still say the same thing, man, I have a lot to improve. You never stop improving. You're, you're never that great to where, you're better, you know, than the next guy. There's guys that are really good and they could probably be on TV right now and that should probably get signed. And there's guys that probably think that, that, that I don't think should be, but it is what it is. These are just my opinions. I honestly wish everybody could eat. I wish everybody that's, that's hustling and grinding could, could sign a contract and make some money. And I hope they're making money on the Indies. Unfortunately, that's, that's not the case, but uh, I do feel like there is an immaturity level and, with today's society, with with being um, social media and having hype men so easily at your fingertips that I do feel like some people get lost in their own hype, lost in their own abyss, and that room for improvement kind of stops. And sometimes they need a reality check and, 
you can you still have a lot more room to grow and hopefully those people will have a you know that reality check and they will grow because there's a lot of untapped potential out there and there's a lot of people that think they are king shit can be a lot better and i and you know and i know some of these people and i, and I hope they will be uh reach their actual potential and go where they need to be and that's straight to the top so hopefully we'll see Guys, do not miss the big event that's going to be happening May the 7th. It is AAW, once again, uh, May the 7th, 7.30 p.m. If you are in the area, it's 115 Bourbon Street. Um, I'm going to go ahead and put all the information there. But don't be one of these people who says, oh, this is going to be fun. I'll go get tickets. And then you wait too long and tickets are sold out. Don't be one of those people. Uh, Make sure you get your tickets. It's going to be an incredible show. I have nothing but respect for Danny Daniels, who has been uh, such a supportive person uh, for myself and Trent Zaberry as well. And the incredible, talented roster of AAW. It is the place to be. It is the place where anyone and everyone has come through and continues to want to be there. I almost wish I lived close enough to be able to go to these shows, but take no prisoners. Go ahead, go to aawpro.com. Go ahead and click on that little button right there that says get tickets. Get your tickets so you can see an incredible, incredible show. Uh, this has been so much fun, and and I know we've just kind of just touched the tip of the, uh, well, that didn't come across right, uh, the iceberg. <laughs> of everything that there is to talk about you with your career. Is there any chance we could uh, twist your arm to come back again and talk even more about the beginnings of your career and and how it all kind of started? You guys, just hit me up. We can make it happen. Awesome, guys. I'm going to go ahead and plug where you can get all of the merchandise. If you want to look at your screen right now, I'm going to do the little finger thing right down here. Follow him on social media. And also right there is where you can get all of his merchandise as well. And remember, May 7th, AAW, Take No Prisoners, live on Fight TV. So if you are one of those people who don't get tickets to go there, which you should don't be one of those people. You can always still catch it on Fight TV as well. Uh, Hakeem, I'm so thankful for your time. Stay safe, stay healthy, and we will talk to you down the road, my friend. I just have one thing to say. Can I say it real quick? Sure. Okay. And you were talking about knowing yourself earlier. On May 7th, Dante Leon, you better know yourself because I know who I am. I am that sun shining in the sky, and if I get too hot, I'm going to melt you alive, kid. So what do you got? You're going to bring it, huh? You're going to bring it. You're that new poster boy for professional wrestling. That's what you are. But what you are, most importantly, is a boy. And you are stepping in the ring with a man, not just any man, but the mocha-skinned manimal. And I train every single day so you can flip-flop and fly. But you know what? Like those birds in the sky, I'm the predator, and I will snatch you, and I will rip your wings off, and I'll clip you, and I'll leave you laying there for the one, two, three. And that is exactly what's going to happen. So if you don't come prepared... You're going to learn a hard lesson just like everybody else does. We'll see you on the seventh, kid. Bring your A game. Bring your working boots. I love it. I love it. If it gets any better than that, I don't want to see it, my friend. (laughs) You are amazing. Be good. Be safe. Have a great time on May 7th because we will all be watching. Cool. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. You got it. Talk to you soon. Later. Wow. Damn. That guy is good. Yeah. Damn. (laughs) That guy is good. And I think what I love the most about that discussion was he's confident in himself and he knows who he is. And I'm telling you right now, and 
God, I hope and I pray that Jerry uh, talks to Tony Khan and Scott Demore and everybody else. Guys, there's so much meat on the bone, and I mean this with all sincerity. So much stuff that can be done um, with not only Impact Wrestling, but the incredible rap, uh, talent of AAW. And I'm telling you, if you are in the Chicago area, this is the premier place to be. And I've watched all of their stuff. You can watch their stuff right down here on Fight TV as well. Uh, my special thanks to Danny Daniels. I appreciate you taking time, my friend. We've been talking the last several days and to Trent Zaberry as well for always having my back. Um, you know, it's it's rare in the podcasting world to find people who are genuine. Um, a lot of people are out for themselves. And I can say that because I've done four different podcasts and I know uh, how this this whole thing works. But when people are genuinely wanting to help you and to help you succeed and to give you tips and you can sit under the learning tree, you, you take those opportunities. You definitely take those opportunities. So with that being said, nothing but love to them, but we're not going to show love. No, when we come back from this break, it is going to be around the horn. You're going to find out it's going to be the wrestling version of Around the Horn. We're going to bring our panel in. We got a six-pack of questions that yours truly has created to pick their brains and get their opinions on what's happening and what may be in wrestling. Don't go anywhere. More for our material when we return. I'm too sexy for my love. Too sexy for my love, love's going to leave me. I'm too sexy for my shirt, too sexy for my shirt, so sexy, it hurts. Sexy for Milan, too sexy for Milan, New York and Japan. Take it. And I'm too sexy for your party. Too sexy for your party, no way. I am disco dancing. I'm a model, you know what I mean. And I do my little turn on the cowboy. Yeah, on the catwalk, on the catwalk, yeah, I do my little girl on the catwalk. Ah, oh, too sexy for my car, too sexy for my car. for my hat, too sexy for my hat, what do you think about that, Hogan? I'm a model, you know what I mean, and I do my little turn on the catwalk, yeah on the catwalk, on the catwalk, yeah, I do my little
Was that any good? Oh my god. Uh, we are back. My god, that song never gets old. As much as I listen to that thing, I've almost have that thing memorized in my head completely. But you know what? That is the incomparable Mikey Whipwreck. Just to tell you how talented he Wow. That's bad. <laughs> that's that's either something medically happening right now, or I just need to retire right now. Um Mikey is unparalleled. Uh, the impersonations that he can do are spot on, and he is so creative. And once again, we send our love to Jerry and Mikey. We've been holding the fort down here, and hopefully we will hear from them soon again. But with that being said, and I'm trying to look at my notes, I'm so unorganized. Like, this is not new to you, Rit. I'm no. so unorganized. I, like, literally, I'm unorganized. And I am successful in this, in spite of myself. So with that being said, I had all of my my stuff here right next to me. Like, okay, bullet points. We're going to go over some stuff. Boom, 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 boom. Now I can't find where my bullet points are. And I don't know why. I, Whatever. You know what? Screw it. Let's just go ahead and let's bring the guys in. Hey, if the show went off without a hitch, that's that's when you know it's the last show. This is true. If it went, If it was perfect, you know we were getting the old pink slip on a pole. Um, let's bring him in right now. This is going to be interesting. The first person we bring into the stream, he is one of the sexiest men alive. Do not call him. And once again, I'm doing it again. I'm Joe Biden this situation. I, I don't know what I'm doing. Do not call him PN News. He's more than that. He is my good friend. Break a smile. Break a smile. Break a smile. His name is Mike with seven eyes or six eyes. What is it? Seven. Five. Seven. Five. Whatever, we can't count on this show. Mike Cook, what's going on, buddy? It's good to see you. First off, you're gonna have to change my uh my intro moving forward. Uh yeah. it's it's now the FRM podcast recognized. Yes, I'm adding my name to the bucket of challenging your boy, just like Osprey and Jay White did. But I am now your FRM podcast recognized impact world whoa 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 oh he's got the nameplate too because uh it's 2021 we need to bring back the word heavyweight to a belt so we do we do and why is that why is that the case why do we just say world champion why don't we say heavyweight champion do weight classes not matter anymore only in america apparently no offense Three of the heaviest on the pot are right here. Hey, so. this is true. This I is mean, true. Think, think about it. <laughs> what are we thinking about? We're, we're, we're only we're just like that Disney movie, Heavyweights. Never seen it. Yeah, I don't watch Disney movies. I'm sorry, guys. Well, yeah, hey, no, you might watch a Disney movie if our you good watch- friend and you know who we, who we mean gets a singing role in one. Oh, this is true. This is true. One of our friends that we're talking to right now who may come on. Well, Make sure you eat dinner or you might become hungry later on. Uh-huh. Look, I'm going to do the stupid eye wing too because yeah. I also wanted to send out a message from my MWO ambassador, Mr. Jesse Rodriguez. Uh, how is it 
See, I know you don't listen to my podcasts. Who really? doesn't listen to your podcasts? You. Why do you have you, to say that? Why do you have to say that out loud? You, you know how I know you don't? What, what, God, what? <laughs> this could not be resolved in a text message or a phone you call. Answer. You don't answer. <laughs> Once again. <laughs> what are you? He answered me earlier tonight. He never answered me. Uh, I text him. He calls me right back. He's like, hey, what's up, Rit? I, I don't like, know if that's really. It's I don't know if that's really I, helping I the situation, though, Rit. I, I, I appreciate that. FRM recognized Impact World Champion. Anywho, because uh, you would know at the end of every episode, as soon as I do the sign off, I would always say goodbye and good night. Bang! Every time. And I would I say you. the other way around because of copyright infringement. You you gotta make sure you uh are are abiding by the legalities, correct? Mm -hmm. I just wanted to throw that in, you know. Technically that didn't come from me, but fellow my grand ambassador to the Mike World Order uh brand, Mr. Jesse Rodriguez. Just wanted that. Nice. He also he also kept laughing at a uh reference I did to uh Poor Mr. Liam Savage because uh, I did a post on Facebook and Liam said, are you trying to say you're better than me? And I said, no, Liam, I'm trying to say I started the sport of Olympic weightlifting in 1999. (laughs) Which is true. I don't think any of us would deny that. Hey, it would have changed the, the face of Olympic weightlifting. Yeah. Well, I, went to I, the take, Charles. I, I have no doubt you did. You would you would have basically been Mark Henry. You know and what I mean? You would. That's what got me into it. Watching Mark Henry when I was a kid. I was watching Mark Henry way before I was wrestle, watching him wrestle, and I always wanted to lift weights. But my mom was like, "Oh, you're a kid, and all that's gonna hurt you." I tried football, baseball, but hated it. My dad finally said. Let's let's have you do Olympic weightlifting. Five national titles, going as an extra lifter in the 04 Olympic trials and being voted 2003's most determined lifter later. You know, but that's, well, a, I, that's for another story. I was about I'll, to say. I'll, I'll text you a bunch of photos, Freeland. You just have to answer. Your number still works? Yeah, and my number still works. Yeah, I see that. I see what's going on. I know I'm a schmuck. Let's okay. let's just call it what it is. I'm a schmuck. I am not a good friend. You you are a much better friend to me than I am to you. That's okay. And we just need forward. to accept that. You, but, but, but a guy, but a guy who is a friend to everyone, and he is our international correspondent. He lives in another country, but you know we're still okay with that. Uh, he's many many moons away, and uh, I believe they use kilometers instead of miles. It is Liam Savage live from the palatial estates known as his garage. What's going on, buddy? It's good to see you. And glad you dressed up for tonight. Uh-huh. Good Lord. With that gray soul patch, you do look like Vince Russo. You so look like Vince Russo. You are Vince Russo Jr. I got about 10 times the fucking talent as that hack. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Okay, you want to see the shirt I'm wearing tonight? You want to see the uh, ECW theme shirt I'm wearing? Hey, you know what? I wasn't even going to ride your case about wh- whether you were wearing anything at this point. But it's please, not, by it, all means. It, it's not the one you're thinking, but... Is it an FRM shirt? No. No. Uh, it's this one. 
So I don't know if you can see it. I can. November. I see it. It looks good. November. Let me get the light better. Wait, here. wait. Is that November to remember 1999? 95. <laughs> oh, fucker. <laughs> so, so, uh, there you go. So a buddy of mine uh, made that, and uh, he's on uh, Twitter and Instagram, the Extreme Collector. So just gonna give a quick uh, plug for him. Oh, he and, made uh, that. Well, he, him and uh, someone else. It was a co-collaboration. Nice. But, um, but yeah, he sent those out. He's doing a, one right now. It's a Cyberslam shirt. And uh, so he's doing lots of different ECW-themed shirts. And uh, you can get yours if you contact him at the Extreme Collector. Nice. Yeah. There you go. How, have you, been other- How have you been otherwise? You know... Same old shit. You're good. I I guess I don't know you. Wait a minute. What do you, what do you mean? I guess when when someone says, "Are you okay?" You, you're supposed to say, "I'm fine, Freeland." Okay, I'm fine. Is that Everything. better? Yes. Okay, great. Yeah, I feel great. Just top of the fucking world. Uh, everything's great. Everything's roses. I feel so good. Thank you so much for asking. See, go. did it kill you? Did it kill you to show a little appreciation? Yes. Good God yes. Almighty, I, I can't take this anymore. Well, Let's you know, bring... I live in a, I, I live in a third world where I can't get internet and everything. So you know. Yeah. Well, well, you know what? Somehow, somehow, we can't hear him. Uh, we're going to be bringing on to the stream Order Entertainment 2020. He is Logan Slater. What's going on, buddy? It's good to see you. You're looking sharp and fresh, as the kids would say. Well, thank you. I'm doing quite well. Just finished up SmackDown not too long ago. Nice. Very, very uh, nice. Uh, I, the Booker came up with a main event, Black versus Angle. Ooh. Yeah. Turned out Alice, to be a- Alistair Black versus Kurt Angle? Mm-hmm. I like that. I like that a lot. Uh, where is uh, where where's Hide My Dick? Where is Hide My Dick? He should be And over, I'll show you. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yep. Oh. Boom! Damn, Homie we did. He didn't even make it to around the horn. Homie, don't even play that. Homie, oh don't even goodness. play that. Right. We we know All that right, uh, cool. we know that Moon Dog is is not going to be able to join us this week. Um, where's Babyface? I have no idea. I I sent Boog an invitation, and I have no idea. So Boog, if you can hear right now, what is your deal? Like uh, ignoring the fact uh, that the Mike Freeland. Not just anybody. The Mike Freeland sent you an invitation, and you're just you're big leaguing me. Is that the way this is going to go? He might be actually uh, practicing MLB The Show 21 because he's trying to get better so he can, you know, actually do something good in the league that we're starting. Or it might be yeah. time for him to have his Similac before he goes to bed. Wow, Chaka yeah. Mookie. Yep. So, guys, we have a uh, we we have some questions that I would like to get your opinions on. So, the way this is going to be, <laughs> he's just going to point to the cutter belt the whole night. Uh, need some teat. You better teach yourself into this room here, my friend, because I planned this entire thing based upon a certain am- number of members being here, and you better get your member inside this chat room. Wow. When the Don speaks... You listen to the dawn. Is it because you're wearing a small fucking jacket? Is that why? 
Repeat that again. I couldn't hear you. On OEE, Hold it. Oh, I, I couldn't hear you. Wearing a... Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Still can't hear you because you got bumped. I don't even know what's going on. Oh, my God. I All did right. see Anton uh, on SmackDown not too long ago. Okay. So uh, Hide My Dick may be showing up. Uh, the Boogster uh, needs some tea. You, I don't understand why you're not in here. So you better get in here. We got a six. work. We got a six pack. Of, that's no excuse. We have a six pack of questions that we would like to ask you guys. So here's what we're going to do. Uh, we're going to play a little round robin situation here. I'm going to bring up a topic. I'm going to give you 30 seconds to go ahead and share your opinions on said topic. I will award certain points for the people that I agree with their opinions on at the end of each round. Someone's got to go. So first question is going to be this one right here. Booker T is not a fan of Kenny Omega winning the Impact Championship. In fact, Booker T has gone on to say that he doesn't feel like it's a fair relationship with Impact Wrestling and AEW. Maybe it's a little bit uh, slanted. Uh, it's not exactly maybe 50-50. So we're going to go around the horn here. Let's go ahead and let's get Logan Slater's opinion first. Logan, do you agree with Booker T? Do you think that um, you think Kenny winning was too obvious? Or do you think that, you know what, mm, you still got to go with, with Kenny? Now, I pred I obviously predicted that Kenny was going to win. But deep in my heart, I wanted to see Rich Swan take it because I think it would have benefited Impact more than Kenny Omega winning. Because with Kenny winning, he kind of just took the belt, you know? Like, already... Japan doesn't have their tag or not Japan impact does not have their tag titles because Finn juice has them over in Japan and now they don't have a world title. Nice. It, it nice. seems like they have to drag him in. Like I seen like right after rebellion, it seemed like Don Callis had to fight to get Kenny there. Mike, what's your take on this? Do you agree that uh, Booker T is right? Do you think that, you know what? I, I would not have done that if I was running the promotion. I would have had Rich Swan, or do you think it's a situation of he thinks other people should be getting more pushes instead of a more established star like Kenny Omega? What's your take? I actually agree with Booker. And the reason I agree with Booker, it's also old school booking. Um, Rich Swan was the underdog by all means. And I've learned from watching his work in WWE, MLW, even Dragon Gate when he was a young boy. Rich Swan is booked best when he's an underdog that wins. It just goes right. He's pretty much like our generation's Ricky Steamboat, but with more of an old-school hip-hop flair. He's like a Ricky Steamboat junkyard dog hybrid, you could say. And um, Kenny didn't need that win. And mind you, I'm a big Kenny Omega fan, too. He didn't need that win. He's already an established star. AEW's already you know, on the horizon, they're already pretty much the number two company. Impact needed that shot in the arm more than anything just to get back to that next level of what how they were 10, 15 years ago, if not surpassing that, you know, because all that did was kind of in a way bury the promotion. And next year makes it their 20, 20th year almost. 
I like that. I like that a lot. Let's go over to Rit. Rit, what's your take on this? Would you agree that at the end of the day, this was a smart move from a business perspective? Uh, and, and what do you really look at from this? Do you look at it from a fan perspective, what's going to create buzz? Or do you think of what's going to sell more tickets? How do you determine what was the best move to make? And do you think Booker T was right with uh, Kenny should not have won? Why is this even a topic? This is ridiculous. Kenny Omega is the best wrestler in the world. So why isn't he Impact Champion? I mean, he's, he is, he's, he's, pretty, he's pretty good. Impact champion, AEW champion, give him the X Division title too. Why is that? Heck, he can be the tag champs by himself. He's the best wrestler in the world. What's Booker T not see? Booker T can't lace up Kenny Omega's boots. Oh, man. I tell man, you what. Man, what is wrong with this man? Freeland, come on. Get this. Get, get Booker T on, on the phone. We got to sit here and get this man on the phone so we can show him the light that Kenny Omega is a wrestling god. Let me ask you this question. This goes to everybody here and whoever wants to jump in. Do you think there's any level of, and let's be real here, any level of jealousy when it comes to a current star getting a big push, being able to do things that maybe the other person, the former star, did not get the chance to do, working with other promotions, interpromotional things? Do you think jealousy even plays a factor or is that just me completely talking out of my ass? We're going to go to Liam Savage first. Liam, what's your take on that? That's you talking out of your ass. Yep. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, yeah, that's all I have to say about that. Uh, as far as uh, Omega winning the championship, it it doesn't really make any difference. Um, they didn't really do a good uh, back and forth as far as uh, Impact and uh, AEW goes. Uh, they got kind of secondary talent to go to Impact, and the main event talent was on AEW, and they didn't cross over. Uh, did you once see Rich Swan on AEW? No. Oh, that could, is an excellent point. Could that have been uh, done at some point, just at least one appearance? Yes, it could have. Now, I mean, I'm not the booker. I don't know why he wasn't there. I don't know why a lot of other Impact talent wasn't on AEW besides the Good Brothers, but who knows? Uh, this doesn't do anything to elevate Omega. He's already, uh, you know, has a high standing for some reason. I don't know why. And uh, he's uh, pretty up there as far as a lot of people go. And um, this isn't going to do anything extra. It's more about the gimmick of being a belt collector. And uh, this, uh, if anything, this is going to kill Impact a lot because it's just making them look worse because they're not getting any grade-A talent there. And their main title has gone to someone in a different promotion. And like I said, I don't see any of the main talent from Impact coming on to AEW anytime soon. If they do, I'll bite my tongue, but I don't think it's going to happen. Interesting. Very interesting hot take. I like that as well. Mike Cook. Uh, were you surprised that Rich Swan never made one single appearance on AEW TV leading up to their feud? And if uh, if you do agree with me, I also want to throw this out to you. Why do you think that didn't happen? You got to have your strongest show stay strong. I mean, I feel like possibly maybe some hush money was involved for Impact to take the fall on the current storyline. Um, 
my opinion, AEW's already got hodgepodges of things going on with, you know, storylines and all that. Um, if they were to have had Rich Swan on there, here's how I would have booked it. I wouldn't have Rich Swan on there at all. But I would have him on there at the last final, the end of the last final segment on the go-home episode of AEW. At the very least. That's how you want to book it. Because, once again, as mentioned, Rich Swan is looked at as the underdog. At least with that final segment, that would have turned some heads. That would have made people want to change that clicker to impact on Thursday and say, okay, what's going to happen next? <clears throat> they made it so one-sided to where even when Omega first came in for the six-man tag at, um, what was it, final resolution? I wasn't sure. Hard to kill, I think. Hard to kill. Just with that, you already predicted your own. We as fans are not dumb. We predicted our own storyline way before it even happened, before Impact even booked the idea. Like, I think we're, I'm pretty sure we all knew that, Omega and Swan was going to happen based on that six man, and it was going to be title for title. You know they weren't going to do a, a draw or anything, or you know interference. They made it completely one sided, I think. And now think we got Ben back in the mix too, so you got Ben Juice there on Impact. Now we're about to do the storyline with Yuji Nagata and AEW chasing after John Moxley. So, I, it's 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 interesting, but it just feels too one sided in terms of you know booking momentum wise. I like that, uh, uh, Rit. What was your take on that? Should he have been? And when I say he, I mean Rich Swan should have at least made one appearance on AEW programming prior to the the big match on the pay per view. To me. Regardless if you're an AEW fan or you're an Impact Wrestling fan, for the love of God, if you are going to have two people go title for title, why would you not have each other come to each other's show and interfere or cut promos or wreak havoc or do something? To me, it just felt like it was a title for title, big time match, which they kept promoting as a big time match, but there was really no substance to the feud itself. There was no... There was nothing really to it. It felt kind of hollow in so many ways. Would you agree? No. Kenny Omega, Kenny Omega's a big star himself. You know, he didn't really need Rick Swan there. He, he could carry a conversation, you know, as Rick Swan. Man, it, if you wanted him there for the last go-home episode, go ahead. Let Kenny Omega beat the crap out of him. Best wrestler in the world. Did well, you? What else needs to be said? Well, I, the one there, there's one thing that needs to be said. Did you refer to him as Rick Swan? Oh no, Rick Swan, Rick Swan, Rick Flair, Rick Flair. What? It doesn't really matter. Kenny you Omega, best in the world. I I like that. I like that. Interesting, interesting. My personal take would be I would have liked to have seen. Look, and I'm a huge Kenny Omega mark. I I think that goes no. without saying. No. However, however, I do think Rich Swan deserved more exposure on TNT. He should have been able to come into Daly's place, wreak havoc. They should have given him a microphone. He should have had his chance. The man has paid his dues. He has been successful in all the promotions he's been in. And for him just to lose his title to Kenny Omega, I feel like what did he get out of it? 
You know, th- there's a lot of Nothing. things that he didn't get out of the deal. And so that was, you know, it's basically my take on that. So any, any final comments after this final first discussion topic? No, no. Everybody Rich feels Swan. good. Yeah. I think, way, um, I think Swan losing to Omega the way he did. It really, uh, I'm not going to say buried, but it really killed the momentum that he's been riding the past few months from yes. the buildup he had winning the belt and the psychology of how they used it to even his title defenses and then the unification match with Moose. Like you're going to have him job out less than a month later after unifying two world titles. I mean, were we expected to think that this was going to be bigger than what in the <laughs> Logan Slater? What is your deal, dude? What ECW is the... fans upsetting me too right now? Oh my god, because he said that's the first best point you've made your entire life. Yeah, because because they think that's my name. Well, hey, hold it. Let, let, let's get something clear here, Logan. What is going on at your house? Is there is there a windstorm happening? What's going on? And, and why is the answer you live next to Christopher Butt? What's going on? Small windstorm coming through. A little small. We've been get, we've been getting rainstorms left and right. Okay. So last okay. week it was me with the Wi-Fi, and now it's you. Like, what's what's gonna happen? Uh, what's gonna happen next week? It's crazy. Interesting. I have no idea. Me either. Well, let's let's move on to uh, let's move on to our next topic, which I think is going to be very interesting. Um, and once again, we're going to continue to come back to these throughout the show. But let's go to this one, Chelsea Green. Chelsea Green, the recently departed Chelsea Green, has also stated uh, and wanted to tell her trash bag story, um, or she didn't really want to tell it, but her husband Zach Ryder, aka Matt Cardona, said, "No, I want you to go on social media and tell the garbage bag story." So first thing I'm going to ask here, I want to, and I am literally playing around with this. This is this is weird. Uh, <laughs> we're going to go to the writ. Writ from a professional perspective. Even though we talked about the Mark Carano situation, do you go on social media and basically just dump on somebody, or do you just say, "Hey, I got my stuff back. We're going to move on, and we're going to let things go," or do you say, mm, "Not so fast. I haven't been treated well for a while. I think it's time people need to hear what I have to say." What's your take? I think Chelsea did exactly what she should have. Went out there, told her garbage bag story, and guess what? Just like Mickey James, everybody knows that he was a scumbag. Like, you don't sit there and go out there and treat these people like that. You go and you stop it, you confront it, and make sure no one ever gets treated like that again. Chelsea Green did exactly what she should have little disappointed that Matt had to sit there and, and nudge her a little bit because she didn't want to put him out there. But, hey, you know, you get treated like shit, you got to sit there and tell people about it because she didn't deserve that. She had, she had enough problems while she was there, you know, never making it to the main roster and staying healthy. Uh, Mike Cook, what's your take on this whole thing, the garage bag scandal? Do you, if it was you, would you say, you know what, I am absolutely going to lambaste these people on social media? Or do you say, you know what, hey, we've parted ways, we've gone our separate ways, let's just kind of simmer down, let's let bygones be bygones, and move on? 
I would only done option two if I was treated right upon my exit. Having someone who's been in that situation before, I completely understand 100% uh, Chelsea Green situation because I've been there, you know. I, I, I'm 100% back behind it. Nice. Uh, let's go ahead and let's throw Anton in here. Anton is now joining us here. He's going to join us in the second topic here. What is he doing? What Turning is going off on? <laughs> Turning yeah, off speakers. Perfect, perfect. First of all, welcome. It's good to see you, my friend. Sorry, Anton. Hi, Anton. Hi. Good to see you guys. Let's get your take on this one. The Chelsea Green situation, the garbage bag. Uh, if you were Chelsea Green, uh, knowing the Mark Carano situation, do you say, hey, I got my stuff back. I'm th That's what I care about. Do I just let sleeping dogs lie? Do I stay professional and not say anything? Or do I say, hey, you know what? I think somebody needs to hear about this because this has happened way too many times. So it's a double-edged sword. Obviously, the professionalism, especially with my opinion on at a certain point, let sleeping dogs lie, keep certain shit to yourself. But when so many other people are also putting the story out there at the exact same time and you have that information, fuck it, you're not the only one. You're not putting someone on blast. You're not being the first person to set the fire. It's already going. At that point, you're kind of throwing gas on it. But, I mean, it, it happened to you, so be honest about it. You know, it's not like you're lying. And, yeah, you know, I brought this up last week. I can understand Walmart doing it. Grab your stuff, get out, here's a trash bag. But when you're a company that that's that big, come on, guys. Fuck's sake. You really, really let them do it? Boxes are like 90 cents at Walmart for a small box. Large ones are not even $2. Come on. Yeah, at least send them a cardboard box. Fuck. Oh, I agree with you completely on that one. It's, uh... It's hard because you don't want to do something that people are going to look at you and say, oh, you just have have bitter, you know, you're just bitter or you have sour grapes or you're just upset about the situation. But I think there's a difference between being upset about the situation, about being released, but then being upset about the way that you were being handled just as a human being, as an employee. I, I think there's completely two different situations. And we have a follow up topic we're going to get into about who was released Yet who was brought back? It seems to have caused a uh, scuttlebutt when it comes to the uh, the Internet itself. Uh, social media world has been going a little crazy with that. I, my friends, <laughs> I don't want to be that guy. Don't want to be that guy who said, I told you, but I will. First of all, Boog, Boog uh, was just here. He's not here now. I don't know what's going on. Um, I am going to throw it to last comments was the writ. Writ, did you uh, comment on whether or not you should say something public as far as the trash bag situation? I can't remember. Wow, your all-timers is kicking in at 110%. But, uh, yeah, I was the first one. Yeah. Listen two people. Hit me and Rit. You guys haven't given your trash bag thoughts? Me and Logan still have to go, but yeah, whatever. Okay, I can't even. I'm having a really rough time over here today. I'm very, very dizzy for whatever reason. First of all, let's go over to Jesus. Jesus, what's oh, your take on this? Me. And uh, <laughs> that is that that is not what Jesus would say. Um, what's your take on the garbage bag situation, and how would you handle it? Uh, the situation is uh, shitty. Um, I okay. As far as the social media aspect goes. If I was her, I wouldn't have uh, put it out there for everybody. 
Uh, that's more of an attention type thing. This is just my opinion. I mean, whoever can do whatever they want, but that's more to say, hey, look at me, everybody. Look at, you know, give me retweets, give me likes, put my name out there more. All she had to do was just go to Triple H or Stephanie or uh, whoever else was in charge and say, look, like this was a, this is a bullshit move. And this didn't need to be done this way. Um, they're a billion dollar company. I like Anton was saying, I don't see why they couldn't have, you know, provided some boxes for these people. It wouldn't have made much of a difference at all. Uh, I get maybe they're thinking, oh, well, you know, it's a bag. It's still protected. Who cares? But it's the, it's the thought of it. It's like, well, here's trash to go in a trash bag. This is what we think of you. Uh, that's not cool. And as far as, uh, Mickey's run goes like, you know, it's it's one thing to say, oh, well, I wasn't used correctly and all that. But you know what? You sign a contract and you get signed, you do your work, you get paid very well. That's up to the company how they use you. You can get upset about it, and I understand that, but it doesn't mean this whole trash bag thing was symbolic of her run. It's just they didn't use her very properly. There's a lot of people they've had in history that they haven't used properly. She's not going to be the only one. So did they do that to you in 1999? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I'm telling you right now. I'm telling you right now that that gets points. That gets points right there. I'm giving two extra points right now for Mike Unit just saying that right now. Uh, let's go to Enzo. Enzo, uh, you haven't had a chance to talk about the garbage bag situation, have you? No. Okay, you need to talk about the garbage bag situation. What's your take on this? Well, that just pretty much says that. She's not the only one. <laughs> I mean, it's shitty what this guy has done to the talent. It, you shouldn't, as Anson said, it doesn't cost that much to get a box. Hell, buy a suitcase if you have to. Yeah. It, it's a pretty shitty situation. It is. Shitty indeed. Shitty indeed. All right, before we go ahead and we reveal all of the information here as far as who's going to make it to the next round and who's getting bumped, I do want to take a special moment to talk about a couple different things here. First thing I want to mention here is if you want to go ahead and get your official Front Row Material merchandise, see this shirt right here? The shirt that uh, Vince Russo Jr. <laughs> is uh, so much does not want to buy. You can go ahead and get I have it. God you damn it. Yeah, he doesn't wear it. You can go to Spreadshirt right now and get yourself a front row material shirt. Support the show. Support the show that you love each and every single Tuesday night. Get the one that shows your loyalty to our brand. Now, speaking of loyalty to our brand, God, I feel like this is home shopping. Uh, another podcast I definitely want to give some love to. These guys are amazing. It is the Shining Wizards podcast. I've got my shirt right here. Please, by all means, hit them up, Shining Wizards Podcast. Tag them, tag us as well, and let them know you heard about them on Front Row Material. And you know what? In the collection of T-shirts that I have, I want to also throw this one out here. MWO, this is the Mike World Order. I'm going to show you the URL where you can go ahead and get your Mike World Order merchandise as well. But I'm very excited to also mention this. I'm not sure if many of you guys are aware of this, but there's a store called Hot Topic. And I know no. I'm probably outside of their age demographic. I'm probably I'm probably phased out of their demographic. Really. There's people older than you that shop at Hot Topic. Well, I appreciate you saying that. Because guess what I've got? I've got my Inner Circle shirt. 
Let's go ahead and pull this up here. Inner Circle. It's blood and guts. It's tomorrow night. But not only that, I got myself an incredible orange oh Cassidy shirt. It is sensational. Please, by all means, go to Hot Topic. Go ahead and tag me in that as well. Tell them for our material sent you over. Maybe we can start up a relationship. You just never know. But by no all means, problem. hit up uh, Hot Topic. Go ahead and definitely go ahead and hit up Shining Wizards Podcast and Mike World Order as well. All right, let me bring the guys back in here. Let's continue with our discussion here. So at the end of the day, give me a thumbs up, thumbs down, or thumbs in the middle as far as if you think you're staying or you think you're going. Okay. Mike thinks he's staying. Rit thinks he's staying. Vince Russo thinks he's staying. Oh. I just got here. So interesting. And you know what? Here's the thing. I don't know if it's necessarily fair for me to get rid of some people. So here is uh here is gonna be the official score right now. Mike Cook coming in with 22. Russo. Russo getting 25. I'm really uh, respecting that Who's right Russo? now. Who's Russo? Which one's uh, that? Uh-huh. Uh, the Rit. The Rit not coming in strong. Rit not coming in strong. Logan oh. gets 20. And Anton gets a free pass. So here's what we're going to do right now. We're going <laughs> to throw it to uh, we're gonna throw it to the Ritster. Rit, you're going to have uh, a little time to talk about how you feel because you know what? You're our first guy that gets bumped. Man, Freeland, I can't believe you. Kenny Omega. I can't. I put Kenny Omega over. I know how That's to play this game. I know how to play the game. Man, you got to sit there. I think you're dyslexic. You went to write 51 points. Yeah. Man, this you, is ridiculous. Oh, man. We'll miss you. Just, Bye, wait, just wait till we do front row material after dark. You're going to hear all about this. <laughs> Oh, the Rit gets officially bumped. He is the first casualty of the evening. However, we still have everybody else still here. We got Mike Cook looking sexy as always. Thick as maple syrup and pancake batter with his championship belt. We have Vince Russo Jr., a.k.a. Don't Call Me Jesus because Easter is over. We Don't still Call Me have, Russo either. Don't Call Me Russo either. My we God. Have, we have Order Entertainment, and we have Anton himself, the music producer himself. Guys, don't go anywhere. We're going to have a small break, but when we come back, we're going to talk about Andrade challenging Kenny Omega. Sammy Guevara responds to critics, is he too dangerous? And Matt Hardy and Jim Cornette have a war war of words. The man. The and hopefully I'll, I'll be able to sing. So, you know what? Don't, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Did you know, in this country, there is currently a global pandemic in which men are being unclosed and mooching for t-shirts, as well as using their dead relative's chair. For as little as $5 a week, you can prevent this man from continuing to use a dead relative's chair, as well as going unclothed and mooching for merchandise from other podcasts and superstars. Please donate what you can at frmpod at gmail.com. Oh, right, we are. <laughs> calm down, Mike. Calm down. Calm down. What's, what's, I'm what's sorry, the... that, that commercial. <laughs> you like that it? That was funny. 
it's a damn it's a damn good commercial, and that commercial is produced by the one and only Anton. Oh, it was okay. <laughs> Take a bow, Anton. Take a bow. Take a bow. There you oh, go. $20,000 music oh. degree. Yep. Oh, my you gosh. did well. That was, you know, <laughs> that was great. I think, I think before we get into the next subject, I owe somebody a little striptease. Oh, hold on. Don't do anything yet. Let me get you some striptease what? music here. Yeah. This hold is, this on. Is hold on. I wasn't informed of this. What the fuck's going on? Well, first of all, you're not involved here. Okay. <laughs> oh no, I'm not on the podcast this week, am I? You're not. Fuck you're not me, right? Uh, well, I don't know if I necessarily would agree to or to participate in that kind of community activity, but that's just me. Now, you said there's going to be some type of activity. Why is there going to be some type of activity going on, Logan? Would you like to tell everybody? I, I, I have a present for everybody. Okay, I'm trying to get it queued up here. Let's see here. Oh god. Oh god. I, sh- I should have this. You know what? This going to play some magic mic, isn't he? My my pre-production is absolutely horseshit this week. I I can't do anything right. Don't see shit. And he's eating pizza. Here we go. Oh, yes, I am. Do it, baby. Oh, yeah. I'm waiting for a certain part. There he is. (laughs) I'm not much of a dancer. (laughs) Look at that. Look what he did for us. He went ahead and he got himself a front room material shirt. My goodness. What a good panel member to get an FRM shirt and wear one. You know what, Logan? Mm -hmm. You know what, Logan? You're going to get two extra points going into this next round just for dressing the appropriate way. Moondog is going to love it when he sees this video. Mm -hmm. What the fuck? I'm just saying, this is what I'm going to say right now. He's good. Hey, hey, I know I have one, but it doesn't mean I have to wear it when you say. Well, you're on the show, so wouldn't wouldn't it make sense to wear it when you're on the show? No, well, here's yes. the thing for no. Here's the thing for Elon. It wasn't in the rotation. Okay, when it gets to the rotation, then it'll it'll be on my body. No problem. It'll be you on your body. Huh? You could, could just take all your clothes B. off. Which which yeah. is option B? That is option B. Just take off your clothes. Right now, take your shirt off. Right now, take it off. I'm not fucking. No, take your fucking blazer off. There you go. That's a that's a thought. Get rid of the blazer. Uh, yeah, it's not very good. Yeah, I don't like it. <laughs> wow, I don't, I like don't even believe this. We are not even. We are not even in the next round. And guess what? You've just you've gone down two points. You're down to twenty three. How points. did I go down two points? Because you're acting like hey, a if anything, if hey, if like... anything, I didn't praise Omega in the last round, right? And I actually did okay. So I don't know. Yeah, we're gonna mute Plus, you. you should, that's, get, that's you should get like minus five points on your comment about Raquel Gonzalez last night too. I agree with that one. That would made no sense at all. Don't even give me that look here. I know Jesus was a carpenter, but you know what? That garage needs work. All right, let's go on to the next one. Andrade challenges Kenny Omega. What do we think about Andrade challenging Kenny Omega? I will first go, and I will allow you to try to redeem yourself, Mr. Vince Russo Jr. What do you think about Andrade challenging Kenny Omega for Triple Mania? Do you think, A, this is too many moving parts at one time, or do you think, no, this is a perfect cluster? I mean, let's get everybody involved. Let's send all of our talent everywhere around the world. It's one big wrestling party. 
Uh, I don't see it as a bad move. He's uh, coming out of a, what, four, four years or something. He's been with uh, WWE. He's free. Wants to make a big splash. So, yeah, go for uh, one of the top dogs in history. I get it. Um, and, you know, I believe that's in his old home base, uh, AAA. I'm not sure if it's that or CMLL. I know he was in one of the Lucha organizations. So, um, But regardless, he uh, he's going for it. I, I can totally understand why he's going for Omega right away. Makes total sense. Go for that title. There's a chance he won't get it. Um, I think it's 50-50 at this point. But it makes sense as far as trying to make a big splash. He's trying to show, hey, you know, I'm not about trying to be a WWE mid-carder. I'm going to just go for it, try to get a top title in a different organization and uh, try to resurrect my career. I think it's good on him, and I don't see any problem with it. Very cool. Let's go ahead and throw it to Mike Cook. Mike, I know you're a big fan of people wrestling from all around the world in, in kind of – working with each other and trying to find this happy medium where everybody can have these great matches, these um, dream matches. Do you think this is a good idea? Do you think this is good uh, working on interpromotional things? Or do you think right now, you know, Andrade should just focus on himself and not necessarily try to <coughs> intertwine himself into Kenny Omega and the uh, triple a championship? So this is going to be a three-part question. First off, Andrade's been trying to focus on himself for the past four years, you know, trying to find his identity. And as soon as he gets an identity, um, the moment he got the main roster, he was doomed from the start, like most NXT guys who do well. Um, second, I don't think it's too soon for Andrade for the simple fact that three things have happened within the past week for you international wrestling fans. So Andrade was originally in CMLL as La Sombra, but because CMLL has the rights to that name, he can go back to CMLL with that name, but he wouldn't really get much money out of it as people would assume. So he made the right move going to AAA. And plus, Andrade is his real name anyways. On top of that, <laughs> we also get to see the reunion of the original Los Ingobernables with Rouge and Dragon Lee and all that. So you also got to look at that invisible door opening his book too. Because that means if it doesn't work out for him in AAA, and if he doesn't beat Omega in AAA, he can go to New Japan still, you know? So right now, Andrade's in a position that anything that he does, it's not with fail. It's He's going to do well whatever move he goes, whatever promotion he's going to do. Even if he does the J-O-B to Kenny at Triple Mania, it's not going to hurt him. Because usually if you're a foreign wrestler and you go to WWE, and even if it doesn't work out, you end up being a bigger star outside of other promotions. Look what it did to um, Juice Robinson. He went from Jobber to NXT, and the moment they said former WWE talent, they recreated him. So I I think it, it's not too soon. But I don't think Andrade is going to win. I think we all know who's going to end up you know, winning at Triple Mania, and it's not in a bad way either. 
I'm going to have to give it to Omega getting the uh, W over it. But it's not going to hurt Andrade. Trust me. It's not going to hurt Andrade. Okay, you guys wow. Wow, my microphone was muted. My, my microphone was muted. <laughs> oh, good job, Good job. Because good, I couldn't good. get... I thought you were like, lost for words. Because I couldn't get my shit together. Somebody sent me a text message that I just... I literally could not. I had tears in my eyes. Uh, we're going to throw it to Logan right now. Logan, what's your take on the Andrade situation? Do you think that this is a good idea? Do you think this is creating kind of a buzz for him right now? Um, do you think it's one of those things where we might see even more crossover with... Uh, Triple A and AEW? It could. Um, this is kind of big for Andrade, given how he was uh, given how he was treated in WWE when he was on the main roster. Like when he dropped the US title, why couldn't you capitalize on that more? Push him up more. That that's just WWE, but um, yeah, it's a big thing. And I would like to see more crossovers between AAA and AEW. Because I was talking to someone saying there's a a bit of an absence with Lucha Libre and AEW. What's what's in the room? What's in, I, I'm not seeing everything in the room. That's a dog. That's my dog. Oh, I could not. I could not see. That I, is a cameo appearance from my dog. Okay, I could not see exactly what that was. I appreciate that. Let's go to let's go to Anton. Anton, what's your take on this? Uh, Andrade, Kenny Omega, Triple Mania. Do you think it's a good idea? Oh, by the way, turn your turn your volume up just a smidgen, uh, just because it's by hard the way, to hear Moondog's you. In too. Can you hear me? Moondog's yes. just a okay. So, good idea. Trying to capitalize on the leaving and making a name for himself. I also saw something about it. I guess a new promotion in Mexico. Like I've been seeing stuff on Instagram and him sharing some stuff. So and Penta also shared it. So that has me interested. I think he'll do the job to Thanos Omega as that's going to continue to happen since you know the whole bill collector thing. That's just what I see continue to happen. You know, I think they're going to continue to build that way. I hope we get more crossovers from AAA, but I also hope we continue to. I want all of their relationships to continue to build this stuff with Impact as well, because we're not getting enough people coming in from Impact other than really the Good Brothers. I want to see Sammy come in. I want to see more of these things move forward. If you're going to have an actual working relationship, have an actual working relationship. Don't nice. bury your own roster, but actually do it. Do it just a tad bit more. Just a tad. Nice. Anybody else final comments on Andrade, Kenny Omega? Did I get around everybody? Yeah. Don't even, even give my me dog that. had an opinion. I I saw that as well. I saw that as well. Um, let's go. Let, <laughs> he's gonna show the belt again. All right. Let's go ahead and let's find out. <laughs> let's let's find out what our next topic is gonna be. God, I I'm having such a, an off night. This is terrible. It's all right. For Very you. good together, I'm Mister. Right. Come on. Yeah, I got nothing going tonight. I don't know what my deal is. You can is. do it. You can do it. Uh, You're the man, Freeland. Here we you can go. Do it. Sammy Guevara. <laughs> oh, boy. Oof. Sammy Guevara responds to critics who say he is too dangerous. We're going to first throw it uh, to Liam Savage. Liam, tell me. Uh, Sammy Guevara, is he too dangerous? Obviously, a lot of the comments are coming from his feud that he had recently with Matt Hardy. 
Um, there were some things that had happened in his past. Do you think that he is a little too reckless, or do you think that those are unwarranted statements towards him? Now, I'm not totally up to date on this, but was there certain people or certain wrestlers that were saying point blank, this guy's too dangerous, or is it just a common consensus? Kind of a general consensus amongst people who have worked with him, and it's been kind of highlighted that, hey, that Matt Hardy situation was not good. However, Sammy does say it was just a complete accident. It was not intended to happen. Sometimes mistakes do happen in wrestling. You have to understand that. So what, from your experiences, do you think of Sammy Guevara, and do you think that he is, or is this just a bunch of hyperbole? Um, everything I can tell, I mean, like I, I'm not a professional, I'm not in the industry. So all I can tell just from an educated fan watching since the eighties is he's, he's doing okay. Uh, there are certain wrestlers out there that get a, um, they kind of get known for, you know, being, uh, dangerous. Like, you know, Nia Jax seems to be thrown out there a lot. I wouldn't know. Uh, I, I remember uh, Seth Rollins apparently was uh, one of the ones that was being thrown out there a lot too. Bret Hart uh, brought his name out there at one point and that stirred up a little bit of controversy. Um, I think only if you're in the industry you can judge that. As far as I can tell, he's doing everything properly. Uh, I haven't seen anything where I'm going, oh my god, he should really tighten that up or anything. He's been going for a while, but the other thing is that Based on being on TV, he hasn't been on there a million times or anything, and he, everything he did before that was on the independents. And there's only so much you can judge on the independents because you aren't trained a certain way. It's all going to be different. Once you get to the big time, that's when you have to start looking at the person saying, okay, do you work like everybody else, like in a safe working environment, or do you have bad habits that we need to correct? Uh, as far as he goes, if they have bad habits with him they're going to need to set him aside and maybe take some time off with him and get him figured out but sometimes it can just be a rumor uh as far as oh well this person hurt this person hurt that person um it doesn't always mean it's the truth but uh they need to address it sooner rather than later so nobody gets hurt because the whole point of the wrestling industry is you're supposed to keep your your opponent safe and uh, make sure they don't get hurt and when you give their your body to them, they're supposed to make sure they can go home at night okay. Very good. Appreciate that. Mike uh, Cook, what's your take on this one? Sammy Guevara, dangerous, not dangerous? Is this just a waste of time talking about this? What's your take? Uh, they're only going based off of one incident with Sammy Guevara. Um, like I said, the list of people that, you know, 1999 mentioned um, – it's a who's who's, you know. I remember people used to say the same thing about Taz. But then whenever, you know, those wrestlers were interviewed about it, they would always say, no, Taz wasn't dangerous. Like, the one thing everyone kept saying about Taz almost breaking Kurt Angle's neck at Royal Rumble 2000. Yep. Kurt Angle on his podcast mentioned, no, that wasn't Taz's fault. That was my fault. I overexerted, you know. I think they go based on what they see. And then once again, everyone and their mom and social media just adding more to it and adding more to it. What started out as, oh, he had an accident to 
that was an accident. He was very reckless. Or and then that person said, "Man, I think he did it on purpose so he can get his spot." And you know, Sam Guevara is still under twenty five. He is, you know, he's had experience in like lucha and triple A. He's a former triple A cruiserweight champion. Like if triple A doesn't trust you as their champion, then what makes you think that he would be reckless in America? You know, so that says a lot. You can't go based on one incident. Let's go ahead and let's throw it over to uh, to Logan. Logan, what's your what's your thoughts on this? Do you think Sammy Guevara is an individual who is a little too reckless? Do you think sometimes his high flying uh, doesn't necessarily lend itself to the appropriate situation, or do you think no, it's not? I think this is a lot of jealousy. Sammy Guevara still got a bright future ahead of him. With that one incident with Matt Hardy where he, I'm thinking they're talking about when he threw the chair. Right. That was a complete accident. That's how I feel. And at the end of the, you know, he's still got a bright future. Mistakes happen. I mean, even the more accomplished veteran can make mistakes too. I agree. Even like with hurting someone, Sting even admitted that when he got hurt in WWE, he said I was partially to blame too. It's not all on Seth Rollins. You know, Seth was the younger one of the situation. So still a bright future ahead for Sammy Guevara. I think it was just a simple mistake. I don't think he's that dangerous. Nice. Uh, Anton, what's your uh, what's your take on this? You've watched a lot of wrestling. You know when spots are necessary, when spots are not necessary, when uh, energy and adrenaline sometimes maybe run a little higher than might it should have been. But do you think it necessarily warrants someone to be labeled as dangerous? So there's actually two situations on the Guevara thing, the one being the cherry picker scaffolding scissor lift thing with the table yes which that was a probably matt hardy's idea if i want to put money on money on that if we're being real honest very much seems like a matt hardy idea that should have been planned out a little better i know it was but it obviously wasn't well enough otherwise you wouldn't have the doctor there checking on him to make sure he didn't have a concussion because it had smacked off concrete good point second part of that would be the chair incident in which it's not ballet Shit happens. Even Cody and trying to bring back chair shots to the head for the boys in which they sanded it down to where it's basically cookie metal and he still caught it to the back of the head from Sean Spears. That's it's you know, it's not ballet. Shit totally does happen. It you know, is what it is. And I don't think he's dangerous. I think part of it is being young. You know, Chris Masters, when he was the same age, the Polish hammer to Steven Richards face in which he, you know, moved Steven Richards' nose three inches. It just happens. I don't think he's dangerous. I think it's just part of it. Give him a little more time, and it'll all be okay. That's, yeah, it's not all copacetic, but it will be. That's, that's really how I view it. So dangerous, I really don't think is the right word for it because it takes two to tango. I like it. I like it. Before we move on to the next round, we are going to have to say goodbye to somebody. So let's go ahead and let's show the points. Boom! Mike Cook coming in with 42, Russo 35, Logan 28, Anton 35 for entering. So let's go ahead and let's throw it to Logan. Logan, you get you get 
60 seconds. Tell everybody how you feel now that you're going to be no more. That's it's knowing heart you. It's heart-wrenching. I bought a shirt, you know, and everything. What have I done to deserve this? Besides a score of measly 28 points. This is unfair to America. America, damn it. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, yeah. it's been nice knowing everybody. Well, I tell you Bye, what. Logan. Uh, anybody want to say anything to Logan before he uh, bids a farewell, before uh, we move on to the next round? He'll be back. He don't will be back. <laughs> yes, don't go anywhere, Logan. We'll be seeing you more before uh, this is all over. All right, guys, don't go anywhere. We're going to step out for a break, but we're down to our final three. Mike Cook, Anton, and... <sighs> 1999 guys i'm gonna go ahead and throw it to this go ahead and get yourself a refill on a beverage and we will be right back with more i'm too sexy for my love too sexy for my love love's going to leave me shirt too sexy for my shirt so sexy it hurts and I'm too sexy for Milan too sexy for Milan New York and Japan take it sexy for your party too sexy for your party no way I am disco dancing I'm a model, you know what I mean, and I do my little turn on the cowwalk, yeah on the cowwalk, on the cowwalk, yeah, I do my little turn on the cowwalk.
Was that any good? Oh my god. Welcome back to Front Row Material. It is round table time. I am Mike Freeland, uh, joined by Mike Cook, the Impact Wrestling World Heavyweight Champion. You can catch his podcast. Mike, when can people catch your podcast? Tomorrow night at 9 p.m. Uh, tomorrow night's episode, I'm going to have a uh, an old friend of mine, Paul Tarango. We used to do a... Uh, a live video series on Facebook called Bunk Town. Don't ask, it's a long story. Um, because Facebook wanted to be all canceled culture. So instead of us saying the word fuck, because we would get banned for saying the word fuck. So instead we replaced it with bunk. So we'd be like, it's the countdown to Bunk Town. So tomorrow night's episode will be what would many would call a uh, Bunk Town reunion. Oh, I like that. That's pretty much what tomorrow's topic will be. We're just going to be shooting the shit and uh, just having a good time going live, you know? Bring back the good old times, you know? So this is going to be our final and last topic before we bring the rest of our crew back in here. Uh, The topic is going to be Matt Hardy and Jim Cornette having a war of words on social media. The first thing I'm going to throw out to you is this. Has anybody heard this so far? Oh, yeah. So you oh, have yeah. heard about this so oh. far. So Crazy. before I give the recap on this, Anton, are you in the loop on what's going on with this as well? Okay, so here we go. I'm going to give you the rundown on everything that is happening. And this was recently, uh, this was with sports, and I hope I'm saying this right. Is it Sports Kita? Is the yes. website yes. Sports, Sports Kita? Sports okay. Kita. James Sullivan is the writer here. It says Matt Hardy and Jim Cornette have engaged in a minor exchange of Twitter after Hardy responded to a fan's question regarding the former WWE creative. Now, in a string of recent tweets, Matt Hardy replied to a fan who claimed Hardy has complained about Jim Cornette's take on AEW in the past. Hardy responded by saying he had a great respect for Cornette at one point, but now. His current, he is now a current shock jock gig. Uh, this was the one quote. In the past, I've responded to some of his, some of his cult over their hashtag broken Matt hate to enhance on my heel persona. I'm done with that. Die hard at AEW fan. Um, I'm just going to be me uh, going forward. I had great respect for Jim Connette early on. Uh, now, obviously, he's a current shock jock. Now, Cornette responds with Cornette, who was very active on the platform, saw the statement and responded by criticizing Hardy's recent creative choices for his character in AEW programming. He then says, not a gig, Matt, just my real opinion, since I am done with the dog and pony pony show some of you guys call wrestling these days. A shame what's happened to the business. Had a great respect for you when you didn't teleport to another dimension and change clothes in a fucking time machine, wrote Cornette. So, long story short, this goes back and forth, back and forth. I want to ask you this question here. First of all, I think I kind of have an idea of where some of you are going to be on this topic. So I'm going to start off with Mike Cook first. Mike, what's your take on this and whose side are you on? Um, damn, why I had to go first. Um, <laughs> 
You're in the middle, it's, aren't you? You're in the it's, middle. It's one is I'm I'm in the middle because I can understand from both point of views. Um, being someone who grew up with the old school wrestling, grew up with the Attitude Era, Ruthless Aggression, PG, and pretty much the what I like to call the All Out Era, in terms of everything that's going on with the Forbidden Door. Um, Cornette just needs to get with the times. You know, I, I get it; he's old school, but you know, I'm not saying fully invest, but. You know, I can get his reasons why he would mention things about Kenny Omega wrestling the little girl and all that. At the same time, Cornette lacked the knowledge of the promotion and everything about it. So it's one of those things, unless you invest and learn about it like I do, you really can't judge a book by its cover. Same goes with Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy's worst booking in Ring of Honor was when Jim Cornette was running it. I'm surprised he never threw that back in his face, you know. So it's one of those things where I think both guys were just fuming back and forth. Cornette was his usual frustrations on AEW. And in a way, I'd like to say Matt Hardy was triggered by it. I'd like to say he was triggered by it, which rightfully so. If that's your company you're mostly working for and someone gives negative feedback about it, then yes, you know, no one's going to really be humble about it. If somebody came in right now and spoke bad about front row material or Mike Freeland, then yes, I would probably be like Matt Hardy and go at them too because that's my home podcast promotion, even though I got Mike World Order. So if you look at the comparisons of that and how I compared it to what's going on right now, I'm kind of in the middle, but I understand both sides. I respect that. I respect that. And like you said before, I, I think for you too, Red, I saw what he just said in the comments talking about some front front row material in Freeland. I tell you what, I, I give you 100% credit on that, Mike. I am in camp with you. I think you can't judge a book by its cover. I think that goes for, for most cases in life in general. But I think if you're going to comment on something or you're going to knock something, do your homework first and find out what is all about that promotion and what they're trying to accomplish in that promotion. That's the first thing. And then once you understand what their what their objective is, then you can say, hey, I like it or I don't like it. But if you don't even know what they're going for and you just completely rip into it for the sake of ripping into it, it's like walking into the living room when a TV show's on and something's happening and all of a sudden you start going, well, that's kind of shitty or why did that actor or that character do this? And the thing is you have no idea what has happened the last 15 minutes prior to that. So with that being said, I'm going to throw it over to uh, – Anton, Anton, what is your take on this? Do you think that Jim's right? Do you think Matt's right? Do you think Mike is right? Where do we fall in this whole crazy world that is wrestling today? It's a weird middle ground because I bring this up all the time that I can draw so many parallels from real life shit to pro wrestling, and I do all the time. Like when Trump was president, I was like, Ike, you know, he's essentially Ric Flair. He could stop puppies on fire out on the way to the ring. And some people are going to love it. Some people are going to hate it. You know, it's just what it is. It's a weird middle ground. Like Seth Rollins defending WWE and saying, you know, it's the best product in the world. I'm the best, most consistent wrestler in the world. Of course, you're going to say that. You are going to defend where and what you work for. However, on Jim Cornette's standpoint, 
One, he's essentially Howard Stern at this point. He is a shock jock. That is his job and what he does. He can still get more heat than anyone in the business because he knows still how to get old school heat. He's been doing it since the 80s. It's take the opposite stance and just fucking bury the ever-living shit out of it. And But he's felt wrestling needed to go back to the way it was in 1978 since 1988. <laughs> so that's... It, it's a weird, fucked up middle ground to me, you know, especially with the Matt Hardy and the reviving a Ring of Honor, big money Matt character because he can't do the broken thing because there's not a crowd. So, you know, he he himself is at a weird stagnant point because he doesn't know what to do either. He's so creative as fuck, but he doesn't know where to actually direct it because his initial idea went down the crapper because of COVID. So it just it is what it is. It. It's just very interesting because I truly see both standpoints of it, and I see life like that anyways. I see things in a varying shade of gray. So I you know, find the positive aspects from everything, and then here's the negatives as well. I see it all. So, you know, weird middle ground. And that's truly just the weird stance I have to take on it because they're both, they're both right. You know. I like it. 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 I like it. All right, Liam. I know exactly where we're going on this one. I know you are you are a pro James E guy. So the floor is yours. Tell me who's right, who's wrong, and where do you stand? I was fucking chomping at the bit. I wanted to jump in, and I hopefully can remember everything I was going to say. So uh, for both mics, Mike and Mike squared, Mike squared, whatever you want to call you guys. Um, what happened is. Well, it's two of you, Mike Squared. Figure it out, Freeland. Anyways, uh, what happened is that Cornette has been watching AEW every week. If you follow his podcast, you would know this. He follows it every week. The only thing he doesn't watch is the girls' matches. Okay, I can agree that he, you know, he's stuck in a, a bit of the past with that stuff. I can agree that he doesn't see women's wrestling maybe on the level that some of us do. Okay, that's fine. But he's making sense. When you're watching a show, and it's a wrestling show, and someone teleports, and they go into an ice machine, and then they come out as a different form, where, you know, I, I don't understand why someone wouldn't look at that and say, what the fuck is up with this? This is just me. If I've got someone, if I'm watching this in my living room and someone comes in and they watch it for five minutes, they're going to look at me and say, what the fuck are you watching? And I'll say, oh, it's wrestling. And they'll say, well, I remember when it used to be a lot more realistic. That's just the way it is. Now, with what Cornette was saying, I agree, obviously, because, you know, Freeland already made it out like I'm a Cornette apologist. Uh, yeah, put your hands back. I see you. Anyways... Corny makes sense. He isn't with the times as far as how it's evolved. I get that. But you know what? The basics don't go out of style. They never will. And if you can start with the basics and then build on that, that's when you get a good promotion. Now, if you've got people that are doing certain things that he doesn't agree with, try to understand from him not just as a manager but as a promoter because he did promote Smoky Mountain Wrestling for four years. It's not like he's ignorant to these facts. He was a promoter and he worked in the WWE head office. He has an idea of what he's doing. 
So take that into account. Now with Rebby Hardy coming on and trying to defend her husband, yeah, okay, you try to defend your partner, I understand that. But she's barely been in the industry, and she's trying to spout off at everybody and just makes herself look idiotic. It doesn't make any sense the way she's doing it. I don't like, – like I said, go ahead, say, say your piece, but she – she doesn't look any better for doing it anytime she ever does it. And I don't understand why she keeps butting herself in. It's going to make Matt look worse for it. Like, Oh, well my wife came to bail me out again and I don't get it. The, the funny thing I think was the last quote I saw today. It was something along the lines. I'm paraphrasing here, but it was about how, uh, Cornette said, well, you know, calm down there, Rebby. You're just picking up the scraps of Amy Dumas. And I just, I, I couldn't believe it. I saw the, I saw the tweet and I can't say it word for word, but man, it was, the main point is don't spar with Cornette on Twitter. Cause you'll get destroyed every time. It doesn't matter who you are. Miro was a really good example. It's, it's not going to work out well. Can I Sorry. Come in for a quick second before I was going to say no it's it's rebuttal time. Anton you get the first rebuttal oh, to God. that and then Mike you get to rebut from there. <laughs> no, so I saw one comment that Cornette had to Rebby and that was uh something about he called her a chickadee stay in your own lane ask your husband I'm a professional you will get destroyed here. I agree right. with that wholeheartedly. I also right. agree with even since Matt's time parting with Impact TNA, she's been defending him too way too much, which all good for her. I love a woman defending her man. Stick by your dude. Love, I do love that shit. That's old school. I applaud that. But considering she's only worked in Evolve, because some of that's on the network Peacock now. I've seen that. She was some manager or whatever in a faction there. Evolve, Ring of Honor, Impact, and nothing. You've not been in the business long enough to actually truly have have a real opinion, and I, I definitely agree with that Amy Dumas comment. Ooh, that stings. That's a burn. That, that's a third degree to the bone burn. Like, ooh. And, damn. But... And, and I'm, I'm not I'm not saying, I'm not oh, saying that she shouldn't defend her husband, mm-hmm. or anybody shouldn't do that. I get that, but it's it's she, Twitter, she and it's... Much. She butts in right. too much. Right, but it, it's 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 basing on the whole fact that they can play this into angles. It's it's wrestling. It's sports entertainment. You have to think before you tweet this stuff out, and especially with Cornette, you're gonna get fucking destroyed. I'm sorry, but he's way too smart and too quick witted, and he he'll do that to anybody. He's done it to everybody. Oh yes, oh yes, yeah. You know, and especially with the fine line of him of you don't really know what's a work and what's a shoot. You know, you're right. Really, you really, truly don't. You know, right. it, it truly is a beautiful thing because you also, you know, who knows that he didn't text Matt 10 minutes beforehand and go, hey, you want to want to start a fucking group of bullshit that helps me and helps you? Yeah, that's not both, his style. But, like but that. <laughs> yeah, that's not his style. But the point is that he he has no stake in the industry right now. He doesn't have to be in the industry and he's doing quite fine the way he is right now without having to have any involvement and yes. just. Yeah, and just him, you know, spouting off every week. That's just him saying his true feelings and wishing that the industry went back to simpler times. And I totally agree with that. I understand it can't happen these days. I get that. But, you know, I can appreciate what he talks about. He's still making his bread and butter off an industry he doesn't have a stake in, though. If he wasn't watching wrestling to lambast it, what's what's his product? What does he actually have an opinion on? Because he spent four decades in a wrestling bubble. So yep. it, it, it's a double-edged sword. Like, I, I truly mm-hmm. get it. 
but that's he yep. while he's shitting on it he has to be honest why am i shitting on this while you know it's me poking the bear and being howard stern it's how i make money it's how i right. continue to be fucking relevant right mike unit you get the final response <laughs> you get the final comment to to see if you can earn some points to pull this uh victory out it's it's actually looking really really close mike 30 seconds what's your take so here's how I look at it as this. Thank you so much. All right, guys, moving Whoa. on to our next Whoa. topic. We Whoa. are going to be talking. Whoa. Really? <laughs> really freely. Oh, okay. fine, fine. All right. That's okay. Right. No, 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 no. That's the, okay. No, 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 Regardless- no. The only thing we... The only thing we want to know is where where can we send cards and what ward are you in right now? Oh, uh, Continue. About to, be in your, about to be in your apartment soon. But uh, <laughs> all right, please share with us your sentiments, your feelings, uh, for as, it, as, a, as a rebuttal. Go for it, Mike. Okay, anywho, so I get it with the whole old school situation. If Cornette still want to watch old school wrestling, he can watch all the all Japan pro wrestling. They still do it old school because Stan Hansen's running it. Fuck also, yeah. for him to also mention about you know, storylines and controversy and all that. Do we need to remind about how he was booking New Jack and Mustafa in Smoky Mountain during that time frame? Mm, we wouldn't get away with that shit 20 years later. But Good point. So for Cornette to also say that, once again, this goes back to my original statement. Do your homework before you go, you know, and I get it, he's a savage with his replies, but oh, I am. with some situations, he's got to do his homework. Because right now, he's throwing stones at glass doors, especially his own. Because let's not forget how he used to book stuff in Smoky Mountain. I know you don't want to agree with it, but I'm just saying it's it's facts, you know. And um, on top of that, I think we all can agree, all four of us as a group can agree, despite her defending her man, Rebby Hart should really stay the Fuck out of her, out of our business in terms of pro wrestling. Even the smart Amen. marks know more than uh, Rebby does. The only thing relevant about Rebby Hardy is that she's Mrs. Matt Hardy. There's nothing else, and that she's a washed-up Playboy model. Oh, you know. Wow. Think about wow. it. And we hold on, hold on, hold hold on. I think and, I think uh, I didn't say it. I think the patient's temperature is rising, Doctor. Um. Ding, oh. ding, the champ has spoken. Yeah, I don't even, know, <laughs> I don't even know what to say, but I think it's a, Mikey Starks is oh shit, omg. Um, yeah, uh, ECW fan says shots fired. I, I don't know really what else to say. Um, but let's just go here with the scores for our very first uh, installments of Around the Horn. Are you guys ready for this one? Yep. Here we go. Damn! <laughs> what? I came in third. Yeah, oh, I came in second. Me. Yeah, you did. Well, it only took you one point, though. I had everybody back of me on the chat there. Wow. So I tell you uh, what. With that being said, we're going to give ourselves at the end of the show. Uh, Anton gets two full minutes to talk about whatever he wants in the form of wrestling. He gets to go <laughs> ahead and close the show and say goodbye to everybody. So Anton, that is your prize. So with that being said, congratulations on winning the first FRM around the horn. Let's bring the rest of these jerk waters back in. Uh, let's see here we go. Please. 
There we go. That's We're back. Oh my God. Rick that's even got uglier. All right. Here we go. That's, that's a for you. I don't even know what to tell you. Wow. Hey, I have nothing to say, but all I want to know is. Rick, you going to take that? No, of course, Rick. Rick got no choice but to take it. He's just sitting there. Just take it, damn it. You know. Speak up. Hold it. Now, Rick. Now, Rick. I'm I'm going to try something right now. I have the possibility of of, uh, somebody has reached out to me. Uh, Shall I bring another person on here tonight, or should I save that for next week? Well, bring it. You, you already made me sit for over an hour now. I ate a half a dozen donuts and a half a weekend or bag of chips waiting. All right, a let's, cup of coffee, too? A cup of coffee? Huh? Well, we got a cup of coffee. Cup of haters? <laughs> cup of haters? All right, guys. Here's what we're going to do. We are first going to go ahead and we're going to do another installment of Grade That Promo. Who's ready for Grade That Promo? Give oh, me a boy. thumbs up if you're ready for Grade That Promo. We're starting it early. That's not acceptable. You know what? That's that's not okay. This is a family show, and you can kiss off. All right. So we're going to do the grade that promo, but we're going to do the grade that promo after we step out for a short break. So, guys, I'm going to go ahead and play a little bit of a commercial. Well, you got a commercial. Sorry. I, this is obnoxious. I know. I should stop. Uh, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to play this, and uh, we shall return after this word from your... Uh, local, I don't even know. He is the suicidal, the homicidal, the genocidal. Comes in Africa. So unique. People he from around the world. One to see him perform. He is the suicidal, an absolute homicidal, the genocidal. He is the genocidal. He is the So we are back uh, in front of our material. I am Mike Freeland. Obviously, I am being joined by – here he is. I'm joined by Mike Cook. I'm joined by Anton. I'm joined by Liam Savage. I'm joined by Logan Slater. What is Mike What is Mike doing? Playing with himself? I don't know. No, I was fixing my beard because my chain got, like, stuck to it. Oh wait! What? Started pointing out just because I got. How the heck are you doing, doing, Mike? Wait a minute! How does a chain get stuck with you? Have a goatee, man. What are you talking about? How does it get stuck? I got a beard. This has been growing out. This beard has been growing out. Okay, I've been trying to be like Mike Freeland and dye it black so I can look sophisticated and shit. Wear my little, you know, you know what I'm saying? Well, Mister Unit, I can show you some beard photos online. Don't worry. What? Damn, he ripped off that hospital gown. Yeah, what, what, was, what? Look what at that. This, what's with the hospital gown situation this week, Mike? It's not a hospital gown. It's a t-shirt. That looks just like a <laughs> hospital gown. Now. That looks like a hospital gown. It had a skull and crossbones all over it. Well, that's normally what happens when you go to the hospital. Um, I'm a big and t- I, I buy clothes from a big and tall store, Freeland. 
Mike, like, are you part of a nudist colony or something? Like, what's going on here? Is this I, something you have to I mean, do every what, week? That's what happens when you're the FRM recognized Impact World Heavyweight Champion. Wow, that's a oh, hell of a title Lord. right there. The, the sad there was part only is, 500 letters in that. That's great. Thank you. <laughs> the sad part is, hide, it, hide my dicks as the champion this week. It's true. Yeah, from trivia, but the actual... See, I'm going after Kenny Omega next. I'm Wait a minute. That's okay. It wouldn't take much to beat him. Does anybody remember the WrestleMania uh, Bushwhackers Rougeau's famous spot? And if you know what I'm talking about, don't say it out loud. But does anybody know what I'm talking about? Yes. Um, I'm trying to find that on YouTube, and I can't find that. So if anybody can find that. Is, is it the, uh, is it don't the vertical say it. suplex? It, it's the uh, – no, it's the, the body slam. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I gotcha. I gotcha. If anybody knows where that is, I'd like to show that. Oh, here it is. I found it. I found it. I'm going to play this. Beautiful. Clip. I was going to say, you could check on the cock. Do you, uh, Mike Cook, do you Pardon? know what I'm talking do, Mike Cook, do you know what I'm talking about when I say this? Mm hmm. Oh, crap. Uh, hold on. Does anyone not know what I'm talking about? I'm confused, but I okay. have an idea when you said, oh, crap. So the writ does not know. Anton, do you know what I'm talking about when I say Bushwhackers, Rougeau's? I've seen it. It's been a long time, but I know what uh, you're talking about. Uh, okay, Logan Slater, have you seen this? Yes, I have. Okay. Good Lord, am I out of the loop here? Okay, so yes. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and play this clip because this is worth playing, and then I have a question I would like to pose to all of you as whether I'll just hold, wait. I'm gonna play the clip, oh and then I'm gonna ask the the question. All right, here we go. Because when I saw this as a kid, <laughs> my hopes and dreams were very dashed. I was so excited at one point, and uh, no pun intended on that one. Um, mm -hmm. So can everyone see this here? I see it. Oh, yeah. All right, I'm going to play this right here. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I oh, go for it. I a couple weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> Too bad Moondog isn't in here. Jeez. <laughs> that is what terrible. What have you that? He was in the chat. Shellshot Network was in the chat. That's also Moondog. Okay, so hold on a second. So as as we look at this, I want to get Rit's take. Rit, Rit, as you're watching this, what what's your thought? What's going through your mind right now? Well, Freeland, I I want to sit there and make the difference. Any worker to say that the bushwhacker missed the post. There's no post. Oh, yeah. There you go. Right there. Oh, yeah. A couple more rubs than there would have been. <laughs> There's no post. When somebody's body slamming, it, it shouldn't even happen like that. He's stroking. What is that? It's amazing. What? That's what it is. Look at that. There, There's a stroke, and then there's a squeeze. Stroke and squeeze right there. Oh, yeah. Right there at the base. Well, hey. Paging moon dog. Freeland, you know how those Canadians are. They don't know when to put the guy down, so he's like, one, when you feel a squeeze, drop oh. me. One, oh, two, we squeeze. make sure we jack oh, them off fully down. first. Wait we a minute. Make sure we jack them off fully first. Don't worry. Hold on. Don't let worry. me ask let me ask the, Let me ask a question here real quick. What do you mean posting? An erection. Well, no, I know. When, you actually... when you get body slammed, you have to put your hand on the guy's thigh. On the thigh. And he, and he missed the thigh, but he got the post. <laughs> but, he but, definitely right. missed the thigh. But here's the problem, yeah. right and this is the problem. It's not <laughs> – if he was just posting, he, he would have just put his hand 
and he just would have, you know, posted. See, that's not a can post. I, can that I add some clarity here? Somewhere. Can that's I add a, some clarity here? That's a jiggle and a squish. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Rich said that, like, in Canada, that's how they do it, and it's true. In 99, when I went to train, that's how we did it. <laughs> <laughs> and and that is how Leap Savage has so many more friends yeah. than all of us. Fuck all of you! There we go. <laughs> Can we just call him Prince from now on since we just keep calling him 1999? No, you may not. <laughs> Look not? at that. I mean, so, no. so, okay, okay. So, here's, here's, the, here's the better question. Was this a rib or not? Yes! That was no, a happy ending. Right? No, that's part of the procedure, Freeland. What the fuck? Freeland, grabbing his junk like the Empire. Procedure, but you know what's funny, though? play on loop. <laughs> you like the loop there, Anton? I, what, it's I, hilarious. I've seen him jacking off Ray Rougeau for the last fucking 30 minutes now. End it. <laughs> God damn it. I, just, I don't want to see him jacking him off anymore. <laughs> I just want to you know. know. You got Moondog in the control center there? What's going on, man? <laughs> Fuck. Oh but what's so weird about it is it's not edited out on Peacock, but yet oh, that one better. spot oh, makes you oh, 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 Fuck, do I keep watching this? <laughs> Even the ref Freeland? is looking like, what the hell is going on? Freeland, oh, do the right thing here. End it up. End the it ref up. is... The ref is oh, not sure, but I, I just don't know why there's the there, We only got about four minutes left of this. <laughs> oh, is that all? Okay. It's on. Wow. He just rubs and grabs it. Yeah, uh, he grabs it. Look, he's giving it the jiggle. Yeah, switch. we see it. We see it. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> he gave it a grip. He gripped that's it. That's how I did it back in Toronto. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, that's what you but guys do in that foreign country. So you know is why it, Peacock did that? What it? got you? What is that? What got you in the wrestling? Watching that clip? Well, no. When I watched that, when I was, <laughs> when I was a kid, and I saw that on my Coliseum home video. And why is Mike Cook naked? Well, how did this? Ha what happened? I missed this. You didn't no, see that happen five minutes ago. He took off his I fucking shirt. shirt yeah. Okay, I missed it. Then. I, I, I missed it. It was a t-shirt. <laughs> okay. You wish so, Freeland, when he when uh, Ray Ray Rujo got the handy there, did you like when you were a little kid? Did you go like, "Oh shit, I think it moved," and then you ran away? <laughs> did, did, did I? What did I say? Do I think it moved? Yeah. You're like, "Oh shit, I think it moved," and you ran to the bathroom. Listen, listen. Let me tell you something right now. The, the, the okay, go ahead. And then I ran to the bathroom. Yeah. Yeah, Christina, hey, 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 Christina Yamaguchi, who was a uh, figure skater, right, Mike? You and I are in that. Mike has a big thing for Connie. Chung. Oh fuck! Yeah. Well, that's that's to be. Uh, yeah, we gotta we gotta talk to him about that. That's a little uh, weird. What, Mike, like, what's wrong? Mike, I wasn't weird liking Connie Chung. I was like five years old. Well, oh, it doesn't make it's no excuse. I mean. I was five years old. I was in the Connie Chung. What? Oh, well, what? Okay, it's no excuse, what? though. Okay, Look at so my let's... trap. Look at my traps, okay? All right, I was so five. <laughs> <laughs> so if you were, you were five years old and you were getting into Connie Chung, okay? Yes. So tell me. Well, he wishes. Tell me exactly what happened. Like, how did you get into Connie Chung? So, Strip you down. know, being, being from the South, uh, you know, before WCW Saturday Night would come on, it would be the evening <laughs> news on CNN. And as I'm like waiting for WCW Saturday Night to come on, I see this beautiful Asian woman 
getting her hair done, uh, makeup, you know, nice outfit, you know, report. This is Connie Chung live. And I'm just sitting there like, okay. And I think oh, that's no. what got me. Oh, I Lord. think that's what got me oh, in the no. Asian movie. Because oh, afterwards, no. my next crush was Kimona Wanalea on uh, there she ECW. Is. Yeah. Okay. What do you think about that, Mike? <laughs> Mike, walk me through. Walk me through how hot this is position. right now. <laughs> oh. That's, I mean, those lips on her. I mean, what about you them? know? She's. I, she's pretty. Yeah. She's pretty hot. Let's be honest. Connie Chung, 1983, very hot. Exactly. Like, can we get a time uh, machine? And, but, but what does she look yeah. like in 1999? I, yeah. Oh, like a fucking fossil. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, okay, Mike, would you like to know what Connie Chung looks like in 1999? Yeah, let's find out. That's 20 years ago. That doesn't count. You got to show her now. Yeah, I'm see that story. Just keep going ahead. That definitely does not look like Connie Chung. No, that's not Connie Chung. She's not Chungy enough. Um, so there you go right there. Here's that's 19. Here's Connie Chung in 1993. Let's get a little. Ooh, let's get oh, some. that doesn't count. Hey, this, this one that was eighty three. Let's go to eighty nine. Let's see what Connie looks like uh, now. Job yeah, let's, battle. Let's What's wrong with you, man? Wait, Liam, I'm starting to wonder about your taste yep. in women. There we are. Oh wow. Yeah. Oh, she's, yeah. She's spilled out yeah. more in the face. I'm at full attention oh, yeah, right so now. Does she, she looks like my hair. Wait a minute. Did did the Ritz say she looks like she? Oh my god. Did you say she filled <laughs> out in the face? Yeah. What is that yeah. supposed to mean? She her face is not as thin. Because yeah. with Korean women, they have like, you know, thin facial features. And mind you, that's what ten years later, yes. she put on a little weight. She looks well, healthy. She's also, still hot. Eighty-three to ninety-three. Cocaine versus cocaine was a hell of a drug. There you, you go. Know, of course, cocaine. You know, Mari Povich. Mari Povich put that little tray next to her and say, "Come on, Connie." Oh my God! Oh. So let's okay. Let's go to 2020. Connie Chung in 2020. Mike. Oh, uh, is this oh, what man, we're she, doing? <laughs> Apparently. Oh my God! Oh, 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 she can't even doing. see me. Oh no! Mike Cook, what do you think about Connie Chung you, right here? You know, you know, she can still get it. <laughs> oh no! Still get it. Oh no! What do you think right there? And I'm going to tell you why. Tell me why. I'm going to tell you why. Uh -oh. tell you why. All right. She looks like my teacher. Well, good. Then you should have learned a lot then. <laughs> Freeland, are you are you making faces of her that, that like, her climax or No, I'm... <laughs> ooh. Okay. I, I'm just. I'm trying to. I'm trying to find right good there. pictures. Whoa. Right there. That's great. Oh, there I'm trying go. to find good pictures of Connie <laughs> Chung. Freeland, can you show pictures of Oscar so I can at least get something out of this? Yeah. Maybe some Kyrie things. Since you're doing requests, can, can I get one of Raquel Gonzalez? Oh, oh my here god! We go. Here we go. Or Jordan Grace? Nah, no, nah, that's okay. I mean, she gracefully. I mean, Oscar's another one too that looks good for her age. You know, two Asuka's kids. Oscar just looks good in general. She looks good in general. Yeah, two kids, mid thirties. 
thick like hot oatmeal with the milk added to it. Like, yeah. <laughs> wow. He just said thick like hot oatmeal with the milk added. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you on that, Liam. So, you know. I'm listening. I swore, I swore I seen in your tab an OnlyFans. <laughs> I saw X hamster. What was the X hamster there? I uh, saw. Wait a minute. Uh, wait a minute. X hamster. What is? What is? Well, you're gonna have to click on it and find out. There you go. X hamster.com. There you go. What is X hamster.com? We're gonna we're gonna well, go, go to go and click go, and find out. Hold it. Hold it. Let's go yeah. to uh, to Anton. Anton, if I were to ask you, what is X hamster? What is that? Porn. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> and. uh Oh my God! Uh, you could always only... try Uges. I mean, you know, it's up to you. Wow! wow. What is your thing, man? Is what is it my just thing? Canadians in garages just hanging out and For, uh, yeah. I didn't make Freeland, the site. Freeland's yeah, new well, thing he's... is OnlyFans. Yeah, while well, he's checking out Makiito. Oh yeah! Wow. So yep. who had a, who? Who else had a crush on somebody when they were younger? I had a crush on a lot of women. Who was it? You this name one. Jennifer Aniston. Okay, Jennifer Aniston. Okay, that's fine. Alyssa Milano. Oh, Alyssa Milano. Very good call. But you know what? No, I did. I did. I did have a crush on uh, Trish Stratus because she trained at the uh, Ron Hutchinson School in 1999. Shut up! Shut up! All I can tell you is I'm really excited about this because you know what? When I'm right, I'm right, and I was really right about this. Oh no! Oh no! Oh, oh no. yeah! Oh yeah! No! Here we go! Here we go! Here we go! Here we go! I'm gonna put up a big video. Oh, it's okay. I already have a retort. Don't worry. Don't worry. Oh gosh, Eva Marie, really? Uh... Stop it! Be quiet. They, that was a smart <laughs> move. Dump everyone else. Hire her. That was the smart move. Uh, 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 I am so frowning on that. Guess who's back? <laughs> Back again. Eve is back. kind of just makes me happy. You know what the problem is? Is that her nose is looking like Michael Jackson's in that Shut video. Up. You know? What are you talking yeah. about? Yeah, you are her literally. Her face her face I'm expecting her. I'm expecting her to go. <laughs> oh my, okay, so, uh, let, let, hold on. Let, let me, as I roll this clip. I'm gonna first go around. I'm gonna go around the horn. This has nothing to do with our significant others. But Logan, if this girl was to walk up to you and say, "Hey, let's go out," what are you saying? Nope. Yes. Yes. Logan says yes. Nope. Perfect. Mike. Mike. Unit. What nope. are you saying if this woman asks you if you want to go out? Like someone like Eva Marie. Yes. She's this woman right here on the car is asking you to go out. What are you gonna say to her nope. right now? Yes or no? Nope. Oh my God! You seriously need to see a doctor. You you need to see a doctor. You may have you may have been infected by asbestos because you have issues. With a woman, no, no, I don't want to get no. with a woman who's got the chin of a UFC heavyweight. No. Okay. All right, hold it, Anton. Anton, let let's save this, Anton. What would you do? She asked you to go out. What are you saying? Do I get to drive? I don't. I whatever you want to do. What do you want to do? Do I get to drive? Can, can do I get to drive the car on this? Forget date? the car. Forget the car. It could be an Uber. <laughs> yes, you going yes, out with her? Yes. 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 Fuck you it. are going out with her. Yes. Good. Savage. Uh, I'd ask her if I can put something over Shut her nose, up. and then I'd say, Shut "Yeah, up. let's go You're for done. it." Boom. Hey, gag balls work for everything. So. <laughs> All right, Rick. Rick, 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 Rick what's your answer? 
I, I already got uh, dinner plans with Anna J. Oh, oh God, you, you much better. Oh, yeah. Double date. You're a there mess. We go. You're a mess. Okay, so Curtis, what if Sasha Banks asked you, yes, any of you out? Yeah. If who? If who? Sasha, Sasha Banks. Banks? Sure, yeah. why not? Absolutely. Can she's she's way better looking than her. I would not with Oscar. No, I would not. I would not go on a date with Oscar. Are you it, nuts? Yeah, no what? way. I would say what thank you, but I'm I'm busy. I have but a I, uh, what is, what is Yeah, my penis Oscar? went inward. We get it. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> nobody's yeah, Freeland's not ready for Oscar. <laughs> no, I'm definitely. Not. Okay, so uh, that's the thing I noticed about, though, Freeland. When I when I saw that video of Eva Marie. Yes. The the only like I was like oh looks all right looks all right looks like her, and then all of a sudden like I didn't pay much attention to her before, but then I noticed the nose. What was wrong and... with the nose? No no hold on hold on. Yeah there you go. Yeah but I saw the nose and I was like, what's going on here? Like I didn't I didn't notice anything before. So what I put on Google is Eva Marie nose job, and I got a bunch of results that said that she had had plastic surgery. Now, I mean, whatever. You want to get that done, that's fine. But that's the one distinguishing feature I see that's a real big turn-off for me. All right, that's what fine. about you? Are you talking to me? No, I'm talking to the fucking sky. I have no idea. I mean, I, 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 does, no, I mean, it doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother me one, one, okay. one bit. doesn't bother me if one bit. If you like bit. Michael Jackson, you like Michael Jackson. That's fine. Yeah, the, the, you the, know? the greatest pop star of all time, yeah. Look, I mean, one more, uh, one Kitty Diddler, yeah. She's going to be floating out of her nose. Yeah. I can't believe how, how judgmental this entire panel is right now. This is absolutely I like weird. what I like. We just know what we like. Yeah, thank you, you, Mike. Thank you, Mike. You can't you, Mike. be judgmental on that. You can't be judgmental that I like my women thick like a Big Mac, or I like my women, you know, two scoops like ice cream. Hey, I like my woman like a fucking Whopper, you know? And, and some women Wait, are hold like it, hold it. Amazonians. T- time out, time out. I, I, I need Liam Savage to, to finish that last statement. I like my women like my Whopper. No, thick like a Whopper. What? What did, did I stutter? This awkward silence is unbelievable. I don't care if you guys are awkward. <laughs> yeah, no, just, who, says, who says thick like a Whopper? Who says thick uh, like a Whopper? Thick is like a milkshake. It's, it's because he's trying too hard to be like me and be, uh, you know, you got to use the right foods to compare to woman to make it sound hot, you know. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm your FRM recognized Impact Wrestling World Heavyweight Champion. That's a long <laughs> damn title. That is. That is. 7 I'm going to pin it yes. on my Twitter page, too. 7-Eleven, I-85, 275, 24-7, 34-7. I'm so recognizing it on my Twitter page, too, and I'm tagging you in it. <laughs> Mile marker 420. Is there... Okay, well, let's 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 bring Weirdo back in here real quick. Okay, right. Hold a fucking second. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. If Mike can call... Yep. Don't even remember what he was going to say. <laughs> if Mike can what? Yeah. <laughs> All right, hold on. Let's bring it back. (laughs) (laughs) This is fun. (laughs) Oh my god! Oh my god! You see his face. (laughs) 
It's, it screams fetal alcohol. Look here. Yeah, here we go. And okay, Brian, listen to me for one okay. goddamn second, Freeland. Okay? We're going to listen to you for one second. Okay. There, I got my mic on. <laughs> All right. All right, so continue. Continue. What do you got to say? Oh, do I get to speak now? Whatever. Whatever it is you want to say, say it now. <sighs> Fucking hell. If Mike can say that she's like a Big Mac, then I can say she's like a Whopper. Just because I'm, you know, a fucking, you know, I don't know. You guys have, have your... your... No, no. Yes, Mike we Cook... do. No, you don't. No, you don't. Yes, Mike, we do. Mike Cook can say these things because Mike Cook actually, it, it flows. It's It's got that rhythmic feel to it. He's so got I, I choose, deep, I choose very white voice. He makes I choose... it sound sexy. I like Big Macs. Does that make me sound like a fucking loser? No, it doesn't make no, you sound, like, a you loser. sound like you're hungry. I feel like I should call Chris Hansen, though. <laughs> Why? Because they're coming after you? Oh, my. Ooh. Here we go. All right, so. So, last uh, thing I want to I talk to all of you guys about is Blood and Guts. Yeah. Who's excited about Blood and Guts? Raise your hand if you're excited for it. I am. I think it's going to be a huge rating success. I think it's going to get. Here's my, here's my prediction. Over two million. We're gonna hit over two million. What? Over two million. No. Yes, we are. One point three at the most. You say one point three. What do you say? One point three. One point five. One point five. Logan, what are you saying right now? By the way, why is the answer I'm as sexy as hell because I have an FRM shirt on? (laughs) (laughs) Wow. One point three. 1.3, 1.3, so 1.5, 1.3, I'm saying 2 million. What are you saying, Anton? It seems like you and I are only in the ones in the in the camp of 2 mil, right? Or are you not saying quite 2 mil? I'm going to say like 1.6. I see a weird happy middle ground, especially considering I hope. I'm glad that it's not just a two-hour blood and guts show, that there will be other matches in there, because at first, from the way they were advertising it, it really looked like that was going to be a two-hour fucking match. And at that point, it's an NBA game. I'll turn on the last five minutes and catch highlights. So just nice. like I feel about Iron Man matches. So, hey, Freeland, but, what's that shit on your shirt there? What's that shit on my shirt? It's called Orange yeah. Cassidy. Fuck Nugget. Yeah. What? Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. That's what I figured. Yeah, yeah exactly. No, okay. stop, back, stop acting like a dirty Q-tip, okay? I'll bump you off again. Ooh, dirty Q-tip? <laughs> yeah. That's right. Damn. Mm-hmm. Dirty Q-tip. All right. I wish uh, I understood. Yeah. I'm saying two million is going to happen tomorrow night. Blood and guts. It's going to be the highest rated AEW show of all time. It's going to break so no. many different records. It's going to be fantastic. I'd probably say one point five um, because the uh, the other point five people are going to be viewing the Mike World Order podcast at nine o'clock. Oh, nine o'clock! What do we got here? We got a Mike World Order podcast, huh? Yes, that's right. We got the podcast. We got a little bunk town reunion. Yeah, you know. Who knows? Y'all might end up seeing my alter ego, Mike Thunder, come out. Ooh, episode. Mike Thunder. Ooh, Mike. Th- so to tell us, who is Mike Thunder? So Mike Thunder is this character that I started last uh, summer. Um, whenever I'm very tipsy, uh, it's pretty yeah. much like it's pretty much like Scott Steiner mixed with um, any wrestler with a heavy raspy voice and. It's, it's it's just yeah. Brian Pillman. It's it's, it's just me. Yeah, I, I get the Brian Pillman jokes too, but it's just basically more when uh 
he only comes out when I'm hitting on women. And there's moments where y'all kind of get a little bit of Mike Thunder whenever I use the whole pancake batter references. That all happened when I was the Mike Thunder character. But it was just a random alter ego that was going on while I was losing my mind during the pandemic because I had all this free time. So, yeah, there would be moments where I'd be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to make you feel the thunder. Yeah. And, you know, that type of stuff. I mean, you would know if you would hear the podcast because he even does an advertisement to promote the merch, you know. We all listen to the podcast. So, so all the words, it's the guy that can't do math problems that sounds like Shawn Michaels. <laughs> yeah, I suck at math. I mean, I know one plus one equals three if you look at it from the outlook. And, uh, yeah. What, 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 what is the gown back on? Hold on. It is not a gown. It is a t-shirt. It is a double shirt. It, it looks like I wow. I did not even expect that to be happening. Um, Your room's down that way, sir. I was just about to say the nurse will be in soon to give wow. you your, your night night medicine. What was that? Hold the shirt up to the screen. Hold the shirt up to the screen. I want to see it again. I was about to say I don't need no night night medicine. I need a sponge bath. Oh like, god, give me a sponge bath. See. All the skull and cross. Oh, I couldn't tell. It looked like a pattern. It looked like a pattern from uh, Mercy General. Mm. Okay. Mm. He needs Bull Nakano to sponge him down. Hey. All right. Booyah. With with that being said, Mike, where can people <laughs> where can people find your podcast? <laughs> <laughs> with that being said, how can we get off this whole subject? Yeah. How can we find your podcast? Uh, I'm going to put the banner up here for where people can so, find your merchandise. Holy crap. You just, uh, <laughs> yeah, Major. Look, Major, appreciate things in life, huh? So you can find yes. me on my podcast. At, so I'm on Twitch also because finally people like Mike Freeland has convinced me to do it. So you can find me on Twitch at Mike World Order. Um, tomorrow's episode will be live at 9. Um, afterwards, it will be uploaded on YouTube. Once it's on YouTube, then it's going to be uploaded on all major platforms of podcasting, Apple Music, Spotify, um, Google Podcasting, WordPress, the whole nine. Um, and you can find it at Mike World Order, all one word. Um, and if you want to buy some merch, you know, T-shirts, kid outfits, thongs, face masks. I love the fact that you say T-shirts, thongs, and then you kids outfits <laughs> it's like it's like babies are us with a, with a dirt exactly holy crap i try to cater to everyone i try to cater to everyone you know we got some onesies yeah, like, over here you know, hospital uh, aprons you know that kind of thing coming, yeah. come actually we do hoodies sweaties you check out um, that apron he threw leggings, on his door um coming <laughs> this true. summer my buddy t-shirts will finally go into launch and then you know, another side project I've been working on called uh, Thunder Munchkin T-shirts, which is pretty much Mike World Order T-shirts for kids. Um, different, same logos and stuff. It's just more kid-like. And nice. uh, that's been working on in the works of having someone make that, you know. So that's uh, that's pretty much the future planning for that. You know, please support the podcast. Please support the merch. You know, please support Mike Freeland and FRM. You know, so because we're the we're what are we called again? The United Podcasting Network. 
We are sure. IWGP. I want to get podcasted. I want to get podcasted. That's right. Uh, I'm gonna gonna throw it over here to uh, Logan. Logan, what's up, buddy? Tell everybody what's going on. What's the good word? How can people follow you? How can people find out about your podcast? And if they would like to listen to your commentary as you stream. You can find me on twitch.tv slash orderentertain2020. Tomorrow night at 10.30, we have NXT building up to NXT TakeOver Dallas. Uh, you can find my podcast on Instagram. I know it's a unique platform to have it on, but it gets the job done. Um, follow me at Demon Scorpio over there, and you can follow me on Twitter at Demon Scorpio 13 Perfect, perfect. We're going to throw it on over to Liam Savage. Liam, tell people where they can follow you, all your social media outlets, and all of the good stuff. Savage Liam on Twitter. Goodbye. <laughs> you are the wicked twins. Goodbye. Wow. And and the last two minutes of the show go to the winner. Bah, 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 bah. Go for it, Anton. Anton, two minutes are for you. You get to close the show as well. The floor is yours. Excited, Fuck for, yeah. blood and, excited for Blood and Guts tomorrow. Excited to be back. Came in late. Still fucking one. Always awesome. Uh, got some music to mix. Find me on Twitter at Anton Heidnick. Find me on Instagram at I-P-H-I-L Rotten. Phil Rotten. Uh, website coming soon for Beats and Services. Um, love being here with all y'all every week. Look forward to this on my day, one of my days off every week. And thank you for having me and dealing with my delinquent bullshit. <laughs> so, and Freeland, you're really doing a good job. I appreciate this every week. It's something I look forward to highly and getting yep. the bullshit with everyone in network across the globe. It's fucking cool as shit. We are having a good time. We had fun. Folks, we hope you had fun as well. Once again, if you missed our interview earlier on, you can catch it on demand on the Twitch channel as well. Remember, the podcast also drops the streaming uh, audio version will be this coming Friday on all major platforms, also on MLW. So if you like what we're doing, please go ahead and uh, write us a comment on iTunes. Go ahead and feel free to DM us as well on Twitter. We'd love to continue the conversation as well. With that being said, for the writ for Mike World Order, for Anton, for Logan Slater, Order Entertainment 2020, and for Liam Savage, our good dear friend who just came that close to winning this week. Just that close. Almost. Almost. Almost that close. Guys, we appreciate you listening in. Thank you so much for all your support. See ya. <laughs>